know what? Here's what I do want to do. This is I'm going to open this up because this is the double oaked bog beast. And and P or sorry, where did uh, Phil? Where did this come from? <laughs> this came from our our friend and one of our absolute favorite podcast listeners um, in the world, Dan Hostwick, who is uh, he's been working down at Rheingeist, bless his soul, and he sent us up two of these. So we're going to go ahead and we're open this. We're going to let it breathe for a moment. Yep. And then we're going to. Did he sit in one of our Zoom casts that he one did. day? Yeah. He sat in a Zoom cast, yep. and he's been, um, he did the Mid-Ohio thing with us at... Uh, Mid-Ohio, but also yep. and also the AIM show. At the AIM show, at exactly. AIM show, right? So he's uh, he is a true, dedicated Cleveland motard. Solid and, dude, too, yeah, by the way. Solid cat, by, all, by any standards, solid cat. And then, God, to my left... Dan Kropke. To his left... Steve Hofford. To his? Johnny Mack. And? Sleepy Cinch. Your humble narrative, Phil Waters, drinking a delicious 1995 port. Cheers. And Cheers I don't know if Dan. I can make this Cheers sound as sexy right. as it is. It's but delicious. And you brought us deliciousness, dude. I'm going to cheers you. I mean, cheers. Think. Yeah. I brought uh, something for show and tell, too. You did. So what you got there, Who knows Dan? What this is? Um, is it a bungholer? That's for getting babies out that are breached. It does look like a bungholer, yeah. This is called a port tar. Mm. Okay. So when you have a bottle of port and the cork's been in it for 40 years, right? you think you're going to get that cork out of the bottle? Probably not. No. no. So what you do is you heat the outer ring of this red hot on your stove. Yeah. And then you hold it on the bottle for about 60 seconds. Oh. Get out of here. And then you take either a ice cold wet rag or yeah. an ice cube and go around the bottle and you'll hear it go ping. And it, it shears clean. Get out of here. Completely clean. Wow. Now, there, there's one warning that comes with this. Never Only use it one? on a carbonated beverage. Huh? Because <laughs> that bottle top becomes a projectile. I learned that the hard way. Oh, and, no. <laughs> it's a good thing you wear glasses. With yeah. a really old bottle of champers? No, I dodged it. Okay. <laughs> so did you try to open a bottle of champagne with that? A bottle of beer. bottle of beer. Oh, I, I was okay. already drunk, and yeah. I wasn't thinking, and I go, oh. Let's see what happens. broke off. I go, I got just I got big, just right? the duel for this. Yeah, and all of a sudden. Don't, you, don't try this. Again. So are the bottles <laughs> made specifically so they shear off like that? I mean, there's a glass bottle. Oh, probably no. do that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but just the heat convergence of having a ring of heat so concentrated in that right. one spot. Spot and then ice cold rag, perfect break. I approve. So I have a port story. Okay. You guys want to hear a port story? It's a we fun do. port story. It's very yeah. important. And it might even be important. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah. But <laughs> you can only listen to this on the left channel of your speakers. <laughs> the, uh, your portable. And your portable device. <laughs> exactly. It's a potent portable. The. <laughs> Years ago, years and years and years ago, we got invited on a, a wintry Thanksgiving. We got invited last minute to Terry Stewart's house. And Terry Stewart was the CEO of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is after he was the CEO of Marvel Comics. Yeah. And he was he had this big mansion right in Brattonall, right on Lakeshore Boulevard. And the rule was if Terry Stewart invited you to attend a party, you went, you fucking go. And so uh, he his statement to me on the telephone i was leaving my mom's house just getting ready to leave there thanksgiving spread the whole deal and uh we're rolling out and i get this phone call and he's like well phil i'm not going to tell you who the guest of honor is tonight at the house but it's not unusual for me to bring interesting musical acts into my home <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he hung up the phone <laughs> and i went 
and he just laughed his ass off. Yeah. What do you and I went, Merritt, Tom Jones is at Terry Stewart's house. <laughs> and she was like, are you sure? And I said, well, either Tom Jones is at Terry Stewart's house or it's the worst clue ever given in the history of music. And so we were in the old Honda Element at the time and foot on the floor, haul ass. And it just happens that, you know, Bratnall's on the way home from my mom's house out on the east side. And but we'd just been to mom's house. So we have leftovers. And so my mom had made these pecan pies that were just fucking devastating. Oh. And my mom is a righteous cook. She just passed. And you guys who listen to the podcast, you'll know that last Friday we did our podcast. Mm. And then Sunday morning she passed and she'd had a very tough exit. Like her last couple of years were extraordinarily painful. She had all of the things, the fibromyalgia, her bones had turned to crispy, you know, nothing. And her kidneys had failed. Her, her 74th, 5th, and 6th year were really tough. Mm. But realistically, her 30th through 77th year were all pretty bad. Mm. You know, she just had a tough life. She's always in the hospital for something. But so he had a couple of pies in the back of the Honda Element. And off we fucked to Terry Stewart's house, the house that Rock built, right? Mm -hmm. And we roll in. And sure as shit, Merritt and I roll up. And, yep, we go in. TJ? And it's Tom motherfucking Jones. <laughs> And it's his son, who's his manager, and a couple other dudes. And then there's these people from this Broadway stupid theater stuff called Rent. I don't know what that's oh, all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's some people Bunch from that thing, you know. <laughs> and so it doesn't matter. We're having a great time. It's a Thanksgiving that can't be beat. And Merritt's in there playing pool, and she's running the table. Because my wife is a fantastic pool player. I don't remember that. let her yeah. hustle you. Yeah, now we know. Um, she grew up with a full-size competition pool table in her dining room. Mm -hmm. So she's really, really good. And she's naturally athletic anyway, so here's to you. So she's in there, and, you know, Tom Jones' son came in, and he was like, well, who's a redheaded booty? He's running the table. <laughs> and I went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she getting any money out of you? No, no. But it was a great event, and it was really fun. And so the food comes out, and that's all epic. And we really have a great time. And so after the food, we're all sitting there, and, we're hanging back and Tom Jones is telling Tom Jones stories and he's fascinated by the scooter community hmm. because he said he was playing a show years and years and years ago, a fair. And they were just, he was just starting to do the Tom Jones covers. So when he was working with art of noise and they were doing the kiss songs, oh, yeah, you know, they were yeah. doing Prince. So they were covering Prince songs and they're covering all kinds of stuff and they were on tour and he played this festival and when he's about to go up on stage, he looks out and some other stage somewhere else, the, the audience all went to see them. <laughs> so he goes up on stage and I can't remember what the other band was. It might have been Springsteen or somebody like that was just like, well, you're up next and we'll see you in the bar afterwards. You know, <laughs> let's see. Let me let us know how it goes. Crickets. And uh, we'll we'll just we'll we'll be out in the buses you have fun with this. At least you got paid in advance. And he goes out and he starts playing and there is nobody out there. It is an open field with no fucking bodies. And at some point in his second song, these skinheads and for our vernacular, those are our friends. Those are scooter boys, right? Mm -hmm. So these scooter boys come out, green flight jackets, shaved heads, tight, tight fitting jeans, but the non racist skinheads right, for those exactly. that don't know, for people right. who don't know, braces right. and boots, scooter boys is braces and boots. It's not racist. Right. And so these guys come tearing over the hill and they're followed by like a thousand people. <laughs> and he's like, all I remember was seeing 
all of these Doc Martens and green flight jackets just <laughs> descending towards the stage. And I didn't know whether to be frightened or thrilled. He goes, but these guys all went up in the front and they unfolded a banner and the banner said, Tom motherfucking Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and he goes, so your people are great people. And they rescued me that night because I was he was, I thought I was going to go out and pitch a no hitter. And he's like, but your guys showed up and they were epic and they were great. And the, the story is told by Tom Jones and he does everything sexier than I do. So, but that was cool. And he's like, but what I could go for right now, he says, he goes, I could go for a pecan pie. And I went, I happen to have two homemade pecan pies in my car. And now this is after the, you know, Lander Haven executive catering spread just left. Right. And I went out and I brought in these two humble made by mom pecan pies and everybody sat back and took a slice and we were sitting back and we were smoking cigars, drinking port and eating pecan pie. Hell of a night. And I got to say that is in my spank bank forever. Yeah. Like that's just it. With you, Tom Jones. With Tom motherfucking Jones. Right. <laughs> and it was so cool. But I do remember that. Terry brought out this beautiful bottle of port. Terry and Sally Stewart, they, you know, they're just wonderful entertainers and beautiful people. And they brought out this bottle of port and they opened it up and they had the special little port glasses, which are not this big. Okay. Yeah. Port glasses are like shot glasses. And Terry brought this out and he, he ceremoniously laid out the port for everybody. And we all took our port and, you know, just cause it's a shot glass. Well, the, kid from the rent thing he just slammed it no oh. and he slammed it meanwhile we're all kind of caressing it and just kind of making out with it yeah. just a little touch you know and we all kind of looked at the kid from rent and we were like oh man and meanwhile we're like heathen i think that dude just <laughs> slammed funny. 30 bucks worth of port <laughs> you know? and i was like i'm pretty sure that's what just happened there and uh, Terry had told the story about he got this in Portugal and like this was something that was special that his wife and he had picked up 20 years ago. This is and they from were Portugal saving too, it. right? This, yeah, yeah. And isn't there a rule on that? Well, to be called port in Europe, it's got to be from Portugal. Makes sense, right? And it's got to have this little neck tag. Oh, it's got its own ID tag. To be real Portuguese port. Wow. And so how do they build a port? Because it's not wine. It's not brandy. Well, it's mostly wine. Yep. So they use specific types of grapes yeah. grown in Portugal. Uh, Tinta Roriz is one of the big ones. Um, Toriga Nacional. Nobody cares about that. Hey, but I they, do. You ferment it like, the, you know, they crush the grapes and they start the whole thing of grape skins, seeds fermented. Mm -hmm. And they let it go halfway when half the sugar is gone from the grapes. Okay. They add 140 proof uh, white brandy wow. until it kills the yeast, right. stops the fermentation. They usually shoot for 20% alcohol. Wow. Hmm. That's fantastic. Oh, that's super cool. And it explains why the timing is so important. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. And it explains why it's so sweet because you've only yeah. gotten rid of half of the sugar through yeah. the fermentation process. It is. You delicious. still have half of the sugar. I heard, I heard a rumor about Tom Jones. Yeah. That anytime he comes into a city. Yeah. The homeless people, especially the ladies, get excited yeah. because so many panties are thrown on stage when he plays that his stage hands collect them and they donate them to, to the homeless shelter. The homeless They're shelters. all going to get fresh britches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, heard, I heard that too. Well, semi-fresh britches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, there's an interesting Elvira story in her book. 
So if you buy Elvira's book, and I strongly recommend that you do, yeah. because I follow she's her on Instagram. an amazing she's person. Crazy on yeah, Instagram. She's an amazing human. So her book is great, but buy her book because there's a really, really good Elvis Presley story in there and a really, really good Tom Jones story okay. in there. Um, and I'm not, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to leave the rest to you guys. But the, uh, but so it's Elvira, we have a Patreon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Phil just right. gave <laughs> That's it. Yeah. In case, in case Cassandra <laughs> Peterson would like to become a member right. of the Cleveland Moto, literally become a Motard. <laughs> sure. It's okay. I'm, I will buy your pinball machine someday. Right. I promise you owe me one, uh, or I owe you one. So yeah, that's super fun and super cool. The, uh, and then, uh, I'm going to grab a glass real quick. And uh, I'm going to try this double oak box. Would it be Bob acceptable Beast. to use my empty glass? Or do I have it's to No, he's got, another, he's got sure. another port here. I have more glasses, too. I would like to, well, I'm going to go pour it, and then we'll try that, and then we'll go pour it again. Yeah, so what is this? No, no, so, no. Dan. I'm going to try whatever he I'd like a little. I'd like a little more. So, you, Dan, what Dan mind. brought us is a double no, oak. Of the, the same one? I mean, is that okay? Do you guys see this? I don't want to drink your port supply. I want to drink, man. I've got multiple bottles of this. So. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I've I never. That is fantastic. I've never yeah. seen anything like this before, though. It's a wheat ale it's aged wheat. in bourbon and scotch barrels. I've never seen a wheat yeah. ale at twelve point seven percent. No, never. And that's exactly it. Usually, Just the note, you know, the as a so as a kid playing around in. And you can have the bigger one. As a kid playing around in Germany, our big deal was always we'd buy Weizen because it was twice as much beer. I brought right. some back when it I was, was an exchange, cheap, exchange you know? student. Oh, you did? Can I have some of that? Yeah, pass it around, Dan. Grab oh, that. Take I was one looking down, I didn't pass it around. One big bottle Fuck, of beer that's on good. the table. Oh chug, chug, pass. All right. So this is double oaked bog beast. Yeah, that's really fucking delicious. Okay. Wheat wine, so it would almost be like a barley wine. Well, it's it's fantastic, but not barley. Wheat, go figure. Wheat wine. Yeah. And Dan sent us a couple of weeks ago. Like he mm. was working there, and he yeah. sent up a whole package, right? Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah he sent these the these two one. bottles, and these two <laughs> bottles were exquisitely <laughs> packaged. Mm -hmm. So he did a great job of protecting protecting the uh, ill-gotten booty or the old boot and gotti. The uh, I'm a fan of. Well, I like barley Tom, wine, like, so it'd be interesting to take taste a wheat wine. Yeah, this is really delicious. So well done, Dan. Would that be considered undersquare or oversquare? Uh, that's really, undersquare. Okay, so yeah. I'm a fan of undersquare glass. Undersquare glassware. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I like really tall, yeah. skinny, thin glasses. I mean, I don't know what I like about drinking out of tall those, and thin versus short and girthy. So right. champagne flutes give you a boner. You're like, fuck yeah, man. A flute. <laughs> he would like to drink everything out of a test tube if possible. <laughs> yes. A beaker. Yes. But the one thing I hate are stemless wine glasses. Yeah. I, I have a problem. I hate them too. Yeah, that's a weird thing. There's it's more of a trendy thing. Or or the yeah. stupid the, the, the stupid mason jars yeah. on a yeah. stem. That needs yes. to go away too. That's, no, well, that's just Yeah. I think when you yeah. drink wine that's like, marketing. It, unfortunately I'm drinking this out of a plastic cup, Although, which I would love to drink it out of something, you know, some but the wine glasses that I like are the ones the glass is like paper I mean, it's just paper thin crystal i don't know why i like that but it just seems like it enhances everything oh and also after six when you that? bite it and you're trying to be cool it doesn't yeah, cut your yeah, gums as true. much as you know have you seen yeah. um, but there's the, a reason for that the cologne in cologne germany where they make kolsch they have the tall narrow glasses it's called the stang i think Stang. yep that's right and then they have those at brick and barrel for their kolsch Mm -hmm. They have all the different glasses for yep. all the different beers. I like Love Das Boot. They have this glass. <laughs> <Das> <laughs> 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 or Chris Smith Stein. You can do it. So Chris Smith, he keeps telling us we keep meeting at the Hansa house, right? Right. And he's like best friends with the owner. Yeah. 
That guy is awesome. He comes out. We're sitting there, and we're pretty much we have these like eighty-seven ounce fucking beers. They're like this big, right? Really? And oh, he's yeah. like, he's like, you guys leaving soon? We're like, yeah. And he's like, you want another one? We're like, no, no, we're good. He goes, oh, come on, let me give you three fingers. And we're like, fine. So okay. he comes back, and the yeah. fucking thing's full. And then he holds his hand up, and he's like, look, here's three fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Extraordinary. Right, that guy Next time, just tell get you. two fingers. Yeah, yeah just that's exactly right. The first time I went in there, and that guy is, aw- he he is, is awesome. He is. He is awesome. So the first time I went in there, the guy says to me, why are you drinking that beer? This is what you should be drinking. He takes the beer, and he slams it down in front of me. He's like, that's what you should be drinking. It's Oktoberfest. Oh. <laughs> so I drank that. I'm like, okay, give me one of those. And he's like, try this one too. He slams another one down in front of me. I drink that. I'm like, okay, give me one of those. Then he's like, and you should try this one. And he puts it down. And I'm like, okay, give me one of those too. If you insist. I was so wasted. I'm like, <laughs> told my wife, you're going to have to like yeah. carry me. That's not an option at that point. No. And I'm yeah. not driving. Uh, he's, he's a, a genuine German so dude. Shots of Schleibowitz. Yeah, he's a genuine German dude. You're at his house. That's his house. That's his restaurant. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. That, I love that guy. Yeah, good dude. So, Phil, what is this thing? So, what I wanted to talk to you guys about, so you see at the end of the table, we got two bikes over there, and the two bikes we've got at the end of the table are the SSR, um, anyway, you, um, the SSR Rascal 125, uh, one of the many, many uh, Grom impersonators, and we have the Cafe Nero, C-A-F-F-E-N-E-R-O, black coffee, I guess. Not Nero. Right. Or Nero, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's right. Cafe Nero, black coffee. And it's a 150cc automatic scooter. And I would like to just hold these two particular bikes up as being an example of... Why should I care about these bikes? Because these two bikes are two of the most fucking ridiculous pains in the dick to prep. And why I want to bring this to your attention is that when people buy new motorcycles, one of the charges on an invoice is prep, right? Some people call it PDI. That's like prior to delivery inspection or installation of parts. But the real point is that motorcycles arrive in crates. Mm -hmm. And this uh, motorcycle crate that's over here that shall be nameless, okay, that is Clearly, we could make that motorcycle crate over there into a table. Mm-hmm. Um, simply like, put a piece of plywood like on top. To put of it in an order for scrap angle iron. Yeah, well, it's all in the back of the uh, Subaru sandbar. So there's plenty of if you all scrap angle iron. I got tons of it sitting. Well, not tons of it, a couple hundred pounds of it right there for sure. So that little tiny, 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 tiny crate becomes that yellow motorcycle in about four and a half hours. Wow. Ooh, that's no good. It is one of the most vicious prep jobs I've ever had. And that saying, that being said, taking into consideration that I sold Royal Enfields. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So when I put the Chinese ground together, Mm -hmm. the speedometer sensor goes on like the sitting on it, left-hand side front of the front wheel hub. Mm -hmm. And it has two tiny itsy bitsy, 1.5 1.5 millimeter teeth that bite into the metal thing of the wheel hub. Mm-hmm. And if you even get it wrong by a millimeter, it just fucks the whole thing up. Right. Is that the same as the this? Yeah. yeah. Well, well these I... bikes, and here's the interesting thing. Now, both of these bikes, um, the SSR is, you know, obviously it's a Rascal. And the uh, Cafe Nero is a Benelli. They're both made in China. Let's not pull any punches whatsoever. 
And when we buy the Vespa scooters, right, they come in a wooden-based palletized crate. Mm -hmm. And the cardboard that they're put together in is extremely high quality. And they have wooden cross members that come on metal tees, little metal tees that are screwed into the, the bottom of the wooden plate mm -hmm. pallet. And you can actually stack those crates, right? So you can stack them, I think, two high, maybe three even. And yet it's just a, a nice wooden pallet with these U-bars that are made out of wood as well. And then rigid, like incredibly high quality cardboard. Isn't there, didn't I see one where like the front tires are like sunken into something yes. so they can't even move yes. or something like that? Exactly. Right. So built into the base of the crate right. are tire chocks. Yeah. And these bikes, when they come in from Vespa, the bike is very much assembled. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do a hell of a lot of work to it to get it fully ready to go. You can spend your prep time going over the bike and checking fast and really, really worship the bike and mm -hmm. get to know things and make sure they're all right before you light the candle. Today, I ran the clock on the SSR to, pre to prep the SSR, one human being, using all the tools I have at my disposal. Which, one horsepower. Right. One human. One, and one person who's been a mechanic and a motorcycle guy for his entire goddamn life. The bag of hardware that comes with it, there are no instructions. There's at least 100 fasteners, and they're all different sizes. And the torque ratings on these things, you have to look them up. There's nothing that comes with the bike that tells you this fastener needs to be at this torque, or you should lock tight here, you shouldn't lock tight there. It's all based on experience, which most people wouldn't have. The Cafe Nero, it came in a crate, a metal crate, that was fantastic. Now, the cardboard around it was abject garbage. Um, it was like maybe three layers of paper bags, right? But the metal crate part of it was insane. The, the fastener box that I have of 14 millimeter head bolts that is in 10 millimeter thread was insane. 14 millimeter with 10 millimeters. Yeah, a 14 millimeter head with a 10 millimeter thread. Exactly. It's like an M6 right. thread. It's an M10 thread. M10 thread. It has an M10 thread. Hmm. And but with a 14 with a 14 millimeter head like, on it. Yeah, exactly. Seem right. Yeah, no it's not right. And again, it causes you to use every tool in your toolbox. <laughs> that should be right. a 17, right? Well, it depends on right, yeah. it depends on what you're getting and where it's coming from. But basically they're using a non-standard hardware that's really just put really just designed to hold these fuckers together. Meanwhile, to hold the crate together. it takes all of about 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it comes in just a really nice heavy duty cardboard, uh, you know, thing. If it takes you 15 minutes to make a buddy run, I'm not saying prep it. I'm saying just make it run. You're, you're slow. You put the front wheel and caliper together. Yeah. You you're take done. it out of the box. Yeah. Did it's it really a battery and gas in it? It looks like it's this cafe nerd. Yeah. It does look at this as Cafe Nerd. Does it have any of things like the Piaggio where there's one bolt that you need a special tool for from, yeah. from the whole bike? Right. Yeah, that's true. But on these, it is extraordinarily vast different. And what's funny is on the SSR today, I had 21 pieces of hardware left over, <laughs> but I was seven pieces of hardware too short. So there were seven <laughs> pieces of hardware that they didn't give me enough of, various different shit. But there were 21 pieces of hardware left over when the job was done. It all works out. You just have to buy enough bikes. Right. To, and and keep a box of that shit, of SSR shit. Yeah. And it really is. So that's one of those things that when we talk about prepping a bike, we talk about for customers, what the hell the dealer goes through prepping a bike. 
it sometimes when you're dealing with the Chinese stuff, it can be wild. And I mean, this is wild. Well, and, and here's the thing, too. Everybody like says all these clones come from mm-hmm. the same place. And they, everything. Don't. Yeah. they don't. They no. don't. I can tell you 100 percent. That's a completely different motor that was in mm-hmm. my Grim. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, obviously, it's a different, you know, it's more right. of a Ducati style, but it's it's not even the same. It's not even close to the same mm-hmm. thing. So, Tao Tao is a big one. Right. SSR yep. is a big one. Absolutely. The Boom ones. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom yeah. are another big one. And I think all three of them come from different factories. I do. Yeah. And what's funny is... We know the TNT, right? Mm-hmm. So we know the TNT. We know the 302S. We know the 135. We've done, we played with those. Mm-hmm. And so far, like everything with the Benelli badge on it, I've seen has been really, really, really good. Unbelievable quality. We special ordered this in for customers specifically wanted this bike. And what I have to say is it is clearly not from the same factory that produces the TNT 135. Yeah, no way. Not even in the same neighborhood. And ages ago, we had a bike... We were testing different companies back in the early aughts, right? Mm-hmm. And so in the early 2000s, we were trying a bunch of different bikes from a different bunch of different companies to try and hit that perfect balance of affordability with good quality. Yep. And we had these bikes that were called BKM, and it was a BKM Sauron. Mm. And I'm telling you that that 150i sitting over there is almost a dead ringer for a bike that we had called the BKM Sauron 150. And it is fuel-injected. And later on, we'll play a game, which is called, how do you check the coolant level? So it's a water-cooled bike. So uh, the underseat storage area will fit most people's iPod. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and pop the key and open the trunk. And by the way, it doesn't have a central locking like most modern scooters has. You have to take the key out and put it in the butt of the scooter to open the, the seat hatch. And then you'll see like the plastic that's in there. Where is it? Uh, it's, it's a little lower than your left hand. Yeah, the plastic that it's made of is not good quality plastic under the seat. Like when you get this thing open, you're not going to get the whiff of quality that one would assume. A gallon milk jug. Yeah, it's really small. So we took our smallest shorty helmet, not even saying a three quarter helmet, a fucking shorty. And we took a shorty helmet and we couldn't put it under the seat, even an extra small. It wouldn't fit. And it has no helmet hangers. So where do you put your helmet? I guess fucking over the handlebars and hope nobody steals it. Hope everyone stays honest. It comes with a USB, or I'm sorry, an OBD2 dongle. So that thing that you're touching is literally an OBD2 dongle that plugs into their proprietary reader so that you can pull OBD off it, which is nice because it's a fuel-injected bike. You might have to do some troubleshooting to it. At least they're giving you the ability to do that. It also came with a very strange item. Would anyone like to see the very strange item that came with the bike? I sure as shit would. I'm kind of nervous, though. Any guesses on what it might be? It did not come with an owner's manual. Okay. I could not find an owner's manual anywhere in the bike. A mini if it CD did, you probably wouldn't be able to read it anyway. I could not find an owner's manual. Mini well, CD-ROM. What I did find was this. Oh, how cute. A little pink funnel. A little pink funnel. I don't know. I'm going to assume it's for coolant because I still haven't figured out where on the motherfucker you get to put the coolant (laughs) or where on the motherfucker you get to see how much coolant is in it, which is something that you should be doing when you prep the bike. Right? So, yes, they do. Except that one doesn't. Yeah. There's a panel on the left hand side. What's underneath there? Well, we will find out. But anyway, incoming. The, uh, <laughs> but it comes with a funnel. That's good. Uh-huh. You, you always need one. Yeah. 
plastic, little plastic pink funnel. Speaking of funnels, did you see there's ads hitting like Facebook? And like, if you have, if you post anything about motorcycles, you're going to get this ad. But it's for this bendy fucking thing. Yeah, it's just a, it's literally just a piece of lead with plastic wrapped around it. Yeah. It's a lead sheet with plastic wrapped around it. Yep. And you can bend it into weird shapes to, to be a funnel. Yeah. It's, that's yeah. a pretty good idea. Man. We used to do that exact same thing. Yep. Like a, a day ago <laughs> with magazines. Oh, just because they're shiny. Yeah. See, if they're a good, good quality magazine that's shiny, yeah. like Iron and Air magazine was one of those ones you could just take a page out of it and just like you just made any funnel shape you wanted. Good and idea. It was good for one use. Good I idea. I like the paper funnels you used to get at the gas station. You can't see the ch- you can't see the overflow. Yeah. But there is a coolant hose ru- running into what would be underneath that panel. Sure. Okay. No, I don't doubt it's there, but I mean, as a consumer. But it's under screw. I mean, it's screwed. And then, did you see the screws that are on the top of the headset, looking right at you all day long? These big white zinc—they look horrible. Right. And they look like they're rust in like two seconds. Yeah. So it's like the quality there is not what we would expect from, or the fit and finish at least is not what we would expect from the people that built the TNT one thirty-five. But let me ask you this: Yeah. When did that model debut? I don't know. Because that might be—they might have re-rehabbed it. Because, right. like, all their new bikes, the Benelli stuff's look exhausting. Well, that's a 2020, motherfucker. It is, but did yeah. they debut it now? Because, like, the TNT 135, well, they had the 125 in Europe a couple of years right. ago. Yeah. The 135 came, what, last yeah. year, right? And the 302S is new because right. it used to be a 300. Right. How long yeah. have they been building that model? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So they I might just know. be rehashing an yeah. old bike. But what I can tell you is I went out and rode it. It rides very nice. The suspension is very smooth. It doesn't feel, like, particularly good or bad about anything. It doesn't feel Chinese like you're on a pogo stick. No, it doesn't. The suspension's okay. The suspension's fine. I don't know if it's adjustable or not. But um, so far, at least, it's just like the fasteners. Like, you can see bolts that are holding the front end on from here. Like, I can see the bolts (laughs) that are holding the fucking nose on. Yeah. And, like, that's a sin that no European company would ever have. You would never see a giant Phillips head screw coming into the side of the goddamn panels. Things coming Right. Yeah, it wouldn't be that way. Yep. And it's like the lenses are real cheap and cheesy. And, you know, the, the brake light has got this big, weird reflector thing to make you fool you into thinking it's LEDs. But meanwhile, it's just like a multi-segmented diffuser with an incandescent behind it. Speaking of scooters yeah. and turn signals, right? Yeah. So I don't know why I've never noticed this after two years of owning the thing. But I was like, the other day I was, I was cleaning my buddy. Yeah. So it has yellow bulbs in the bottom turn signals that don't work. Right. Because that's for the rest of the planet. Right. Is so there wiring like in there? Yes. So what do I need to do to make those work? Cross the streams. So where they're just they're just in. You there. will see the wires. Okay. You ta- so if you take one screw out of the nose of your buddy mm-hmm. and tap it on the sides, the nose will come off. Right. When the nose comes off, if you look inside, you'll see that there are fixtures and bulbs and everything down That's, there yeah, I that the that. rest of the world get to play with. Right. Except us. Right. They're unplugged. Uh, so take the wires that go up to the dumb U.S. ones yeah. and bring them down and plug them in. And then I can take the U.S. ones off. And you can take the U.S. ones off. All right. And ta-da. This one's the same way. Yes, it is. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's real common. The the shortcut way, and it even uses the same DOT turn signals that you'd see on pretty much every Asian convert bike. I just don't understand why. why, Like, it's literally two inches different. D. D. Motherfucking O. Motherfucking T. No, I get that. But I'm saying, like, what's their logic? Like, I can still see the front of that turn signal. They're not. So many inches apart, I think, is what I it think is. you're right. Oh, okay. And they have to be at a certain height. And exactly. They have to be, you know, like for yep. whatever stupid reason, that's what it is. The reason is 
Because fuck you, that's why. No, they're non-essential bureaucrats. They're non-essential bureaucrats that make stupid rules. To justify their fucking jobs. That's what grumpy, grumpy sewer yeah. guy he, he, about. He forgets that he has to be by a microphone. He's but, just rolling yeah, he around. He just roams around <laughs> being grumpy. Yeah. He's on patrol right him. now. The, uh, <laughs> he says he'd like to make love with a large... No, I won't say that. Mm, okay. So can I have some more of that uh, double bog? That beer? The bog beast? The bog beast, please. The bog that beast. was very good. Yeah, I really like that good. Bog beast. That's pretty fucking. I delicious. usually don't. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna smooth out for a little while. Mm. I'm just gonna stick with my little shandy. I'll take a little Thank more. Thank you, of that. Dan. I'm gonna All lighten right. it up a little bit for a while. Yeah, get a little fuzzy. Both Dan's. Both Dan's brought. Both Dan's man. brought the liquor hard. Brought the booze. But I hate wheat beers usually, and this is amazing. This okay. is really good. Hey, does anybody want to hear podcast messaging? I love it. I would love to favorite part of the podcast. So, if you remember last week, we we worked over our friend Dan a little bit. Dan the man. I'm oh, no, sorry, Matt. Matt Davidson. Matt Davidson. Yeah, we worked over Matt Davidson a little hard last hey, week. On that line, uh, yeah, I really do like John's Superhawk. Thank you. Oh, yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I've had that super hug for a long time. It's a long story. I'd like to go into it right now about how I bought that super hug. Yeah, so Ooh. how did you get that particular bike? Well, honestly, it was a friend of mine wanted to get a motorcycle. So I happened to work with a guy, and I was looking at all kinds of bikes and everything, and he's like, uh, I've got a bike. I'm like, well, what kind of bike do you have? It's a, it's a 1967 Honda Superhawk. I'm like, damn, that's really cool. That's I'm like, fucking cool. Well, I don't. He's like, I've had it. It's been in the bar, in the shed for a long time. I, I haven't uh, done anything with it. The kids were riding it. It's a blah, 19 blah, blah. what Honda Superhawk? 67. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, that sounds pretty cool. This guy, you know, how much do you want for it? $350. Uh, I'm like, well, that's right up this guy. I mean, my buddy should yeah. buy this. I don't care what this thing looks like. I, I had to, it was the first time I'd actually heard of a Superhawk. That needs to be owned. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll get my buddy Jason to buy this thing. I'll mm -hmm. help him out with it a little bit. And then I'll fill for, you know, I'll get it off of him. Eventually. Eventually it'll, it'll become mine. I, well, we got there and, uh, and it was what it is now. Yeah. A really fucking nice 67 Superhawk. So Jason had borrowed a truck from work and everything, and I wanted to scoop him so bad because I actually had money in my pocket. Yeah, of course. But I'm like, well, I can't fuck him over because, right. you know. So I let him buy it, and, you know, time transpired. So waited for a time to fuck Well, him. at one point it was, I'm keeping this till I die. <laughs> I can't, but he could never get it. You know, I got it running for him yeah. and everything. He wrote it for all about a minute. He kept trying to use the electric start. I'm like, no, it's no. fucked. You can't do no. that. You, got, you can't do eh, that. Da, da, da. It's a super hawk. You can't use the electric start. But then in a moment Maybe of weakness, once. when he was unemployed, yeah. I finally got it back. But I ended up having to buy, pay 700 for it to get it back off of him. He doubled his money. But I'm more than happy to pay $700 for that. I bike. got that blue Superhawk I had. I'll double your money right now for it. <laughs> I bet hey, you there would. you go. I'll yeah. bet you would. I got that blue Superhawk I had. I got that from Terry Stewart. That we were talking like, about him earlier. Yeah. That thing was a perfect cream puff. Oh, my God. And the joke was always, I would tell Terry every time I'd go over and work, because he, you know, he had a Series 1 TV 175. He had a lot of really cool bikes. And he collected. I mean, that's how we met was through the scooter community. And he's a you know scooter hoarder. And <laughs> I would work on all of his bikes for him. And I always, always tell him, I was like, well, it's nice that you take such nice care of that Superhawk for me. So when he did finally liquidate his collection, he was like, well, you know, Phil, yeah. 
That Superhawk's yours, right? I was like, yes, the blue Superhawk with the blue seat. It was technically a blue Superhawk with a green seat. Well, because yeah. that's what happens to Superhawks. Yeah, yeah. And well, the seat uh, turns green. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it was yeah. gorgeous. That was very nice. That was a perfect blue Superhawk. Thank and you, Terry Stewart. Thank you, Terry Stewart. That thing was gorgeous. And I loved riding it around. It was such a good bike. And under the seat strap was the original seat. The seat color was under the seat strap. Oh. So the rest of the seat had turned green as they all do. But then you'd move the seat strap one inch and you could see the blue color of the original the seat. Blue. And this is a bike that was never stored outside. Hmm. It was stored in a fucking garage its whole life. Yeah. Had 1,200 miles on it. So it had nothing to do with UV. It was no, just. It was just being on Earth. Hmm. Yeah. It was just being in the world. So that was being in the world. So yeah, John's bike's up. You know, that's, I mean, Superhawks are beautiful bikes. They're just, they're magic. And there's a lot of debate whether or not the Honda Dream or the Honda Superhawks the better bike. Um, oh, hands down, the Superhawks. The Superhawks the better bike. Yeah, I've ridden and had both yep. of them. I've owned a bunch of them, and the Superhawk is. I would take a Superhawk over a Dream every day. Every single day. So, what's the difference between the two is actually twin carbs. The carbs. So, with the Superhawk, you're getting twin carbs, and you're getting a timing change too. Mm -hmm. So the Superhawk is literally built for performance. In its day, it was a hot rod. And it was not uncommon to see these Superhawks taking on all comers. Well, I think that might be one. I mean, that bike was supposed to be able to do 100 mile an hour. There's no doubt. In the year of 1960 and one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And be oil tight yep. with an electric start, yeah. dual carbs. Yeah. I mean, like, I had mine going over 100 miles per hour, and it was terrifying, but... Those are not exactly big wheels. Big no, tires. no, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. back in that was pretty impressive. Yeah, but I know I mean, sometimes we've been going down the freeway with, you know, coming home from the bar, and you've been exercising your Superhawk. Yes, of course. And you're not the average Japanese rider. No, I'm not. No, you're I'm jumbo. You're two of the average. <laughs> at least two. <laughs> at least two. At Maybe least yeah. three. A rider Maybe and a pillion. More of two and a half. And it is. I have been behind John going well in excess of 90 miles per hour on your Superhawk. Mm -hmm. And I've been like, look at him go. He's not afraid It'll to stretch still his get legs. angry. It'll still get angry. Still get angry. It's always that last exit before his house, too. It's really of weird. Of course. It's funny. I'll follow behind the whole way home. And then yeah. I got to, all right, let's see what you got. <laughs> all right. John's passing on the left. Here cool. he goes. Clean it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the Superhawks are fucking cool bikes. And. There, what was the hot rod kit? What was the deal that you did with the Superhawk? Well, I mean, some of the well, you can get kits where you can board out to a three fifty and three, stuff yeah, like that. Right. But one of some people for racing, they yeah. like to use the bottom end the of a dream because end. it's a three sixty degree exactly. crank, yeah. and then put the top end of a Superhawk so you get the twin carb head and everything. Right. It just so you get a three sixty crank, which is both pistons firing at the same time, right? And so that's giving well, you the yes, but the they're moving effect. up and down at the same time. Exactly, moving up and down at the same time. For whatever reason, right. that's better for racing. Or well, it, it is giving a more, more torques. Torques. Right? It's giving more flywheel effect. Mm -hmm. So if you're running a 360 crank on a four-stroke motorcycle, you do you do have these things instead of canceling each other out. Yeah. You just have more mass. Yeah. And that was you know that's always been a popular thing with guys that were running the 650 cc twins. To a guy running a 180 crank versus a guy running a 360 crank. Yeah, the 360 cranks feel like they're giving you more more bang for the buck. You yeah, know? So you use a dream bottom end and put yeah. a Superhawk top end on it yep. and drop it in your Superhawk. Yeah, right on. Yeah. yeah. And I mean... But my dream was always, I always liked the, the hybrid where you take a Superhawk frame and everything yeah. and drop like a, a CB350F motor right. or CB400 
Yeah, that four cylinder. Yeah, we've seen it. that one running around Mid Those Ohio. Are beautiful, and it Amazing. looks gorgeous with that 400 cc motor hanging there, yeah. all four pipes. But it's hanging out of that Superhawk body, which is one of the most gorgeous motorcycles ever built. I mm -hmm. mean, they really are. Uh, a Superhawk is a hard thing to find fault with. They're just fucking beautiful. So did yeah. you say something about we had some listener feedback or I, something? Oh, back to that again. That old that old chestnut. The uh, so again, based on the, the based on the challenge being thrown and the challenge being offered, uh, he did say he would send the nicest pair of tits in his phone. I uh, and he did. I'm impressed. And I would like to call attention to there is a watermark on that picture. Yeah. And the watermark is from September eighth, nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight. So I look very whatever, closely at that picture. Lovely pierced lady, this is. She's 22 years older now, so this is now a 40-year-old person, right? Game on. Game on, right? And I'm not feeling so bad about looking at the photo because, again, somewhat age-appropriate. Hell right? yeah. Yeah. So I will now read Matt Davidson's. <laughs> Look, just make sure you understand, Matt. We do love you and everything. We're just, you know. We'll yeah, see. come on, dude. Okay. It's like he's here, right? Right. Okay. Installment number eight. Yes. <laughs> Still haven't answered the fucking question. Even after reading it, making me out to be a complete dickbag. <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers still managed to get off track. I'm blaming alcohol now, as I know it's not me. No, it's entirely on purpose at this point. <laughs> First of all, I am not the Karen my message made me sound like. <laughs> Secondly, I know how to use Google. In hopes that my question will be answered. Here's a great pair of tits. She's a nice little lady from Newton, Iowa. Not the same one you met. The picture has it all. Artistic, artistic seductive, and tits. Great. And you know what? You're absolutely right, Matt. I sent it to all my friends today. Well done. And it's vintage, too. I mean, I it's like, it. yeah, it's great. Okay, so super cool. And the fact he's had that in his phone since 1998. My buddy is a photo editor for Getty. He's going to be publishing it soon. Yeah, it's exactly. Look for the hallmark. Yeah, right. it's exactly it. Um, okay. You guys have now, uh, you guys have now answered which is the best, whether or not they will work on my 750, and numerous other questions I never asked. Ha ha ha! Now my question is: What are the advantages of going to electronic ignition? How do they work? Benefits, downfalls, everything you can talk about with electric electronic ignitions. I think this is a great topic for you guys to discuss, as a number of people spend the money to go to electronic ignition when points do their job perfectly for substantially less money. Phil, I am terribly sorry to hear about your mother. I couldn't agree more. You all are doing well. Happy fucking Friday, gentlemen. Well, so there we have it. So my thing would be that you don't have to change points. Right. If you have an electronic Maintenance ignition. Maintenance-free. You have a hotter spark. Yep. Your spark plugs last longer mm -hmm. because the spark is... A higher voltage and yep. lower amperage. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. But I mean, it serves the same purpose. Well, yes. So, so I you would never say have to worry that about if your points gap going away, say like you forget to lube your cam lobe, and all of a sudden, I have been the victim. I have been the victim of points-related issues no less than a half a dozen times. Right. In my world of riding motorcycles, I. But that is yeah. a actually fairly insignificant amount. Considering how many motorcycles you've ridden and how That's long true. you've been riding. That's true. If it's only been a half a dozen yeah. times in your lifetime. Yeah, but it's still. But on the minus side, I would say on the minus side of it, yeah. is that 
typically, if you have a file up in your point system, right, you could still make it home. You could just do a few things and yeah. you can get them running. And it is one of those. A great example of this is ages ago, we were doing a non-douchebag bike night thing. <laughs> and so, you know, the douchebag bike night is a Quaker steak and lube and all the guys get together and put their bike in a fucking bondage device and smoke the rear tire and whatever. Check out my leather vest, man. I got a new patch. I got a concealed carry vest, motherfucker. Yeah. You and can't, guns. Can't I got all guns. Just, just guns <laughs> sticking out all over me. Yeah, that's it. But it is true. And club style jackets. Club style jackets. <laughs> no rocker, man, because I, I don't want to get my ass kicked. No. Fuck you. All right. But yeah, I had that beautiful CB500 chocolate bike that I bought. And that thing was a motherfucking cream puff. I mean, it's a survivor. And I bought the bike. I went through everything. And I had kind of pronounced it as being tits, right? It was perfect. Mm -hmm. And we took it out to non-douchebag bike night. I had made the first half of the ride with no fucking difficulty whatsoever. But by the second half of the ride, after our third refreshment stop. Sunset Grill. Exactly. Whiskey Island. We had decided to take the on-ramp to what is now a parkway, mm -hmm. which used to be a freeway. Right. At maximum velocity. As you do. As you do. But right. there were people with like a victory vision, which is like thousands of torques. And I had to keep up with him with a 1972 Honda CB500. Or I'd be a fucking poser and get made fun of. Right? I think I was rocking a CB750. You were rocking the CB750 then. Yep. And so we left the bar hell-bent for leather. And I made that ramp like my bitch. <laughs> and I was giving it all of 1972s. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the bike just went... faded away and it did it fucking we've faded all away been, and we've all been there and it just <laughs> faded away it wasn't like a sudden stop better to burn up <laughs> than the fade away i fucking faded away gentlemen and it faded away bad and when it faded away it was one of those ones where in our particular group of idiots when it faded away like three people faded away with me like so three people were like oh phil's off man we, we back him up we pulled over to the side of the road and all's cool. And it turns out there was a cop at the top of the ramp anyway. Oh, so good. Neil and all those other guys that were at Mach 7 by the time they got to the top of the ramp, 35 mile an hour ramp, right. they were all going 107 by the time they got to the <laughs> ramp. But I was safely on the side of the road looking yeah. at a CD, you know, CB 500. Like, hey, hey, my, my. <laughs> but, but it is one of the things that we kind of, because we were all riding, we we're all vintage people. We all ride vintage bikes. The way the power died and the way the power went away, we all kind of were like, immediately, that's electrical. Mm -hmm. It didn't die suddenly. It didn't fart out like a fuel problem. It just kind of fucking went you away. You got gas in the tank. You got yeah. this, that, you exactly. know. No parts flew out the exhaust. Yeah. Like, you're good. It was, yeah. And it was really funny because we immediately pulled the points cover off because that was the first thing we checked. And the first thing we checked was the points cover. And we could see that that one little motherfucking screw <laughs> and it is literally i'm not joking you it is one little motherfucking screw that keeps the points where you put them the one that always gets stripped out of course it gets stripped out <laughs> and it's like an m2.5 yeah. micro fine thread and it's made of velveta so you can't use any type <laughs> of an actual real screwdriver on it you, you can use oh, it's yeah. chocolate and you have to use a candy cane screwdriver that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty true <laughs> Boy, that nails it. And yeah, we got in there with the Gerber tool 
And I was like, okay, all right. So, and you, you know, with points, there's a certain point where you can eyeball them. Cell phone flashlight. Yeah. Cell phone flashlight. Exactly. And these with were flip phones. Business card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And fuck the business card. No, I'm just saying that's yeah. the way. I mean, that's our that's standard the, points gap. Yeah. It doesn't, put it, as long as you have some gap, right. it will run. And that's right. When you have too much gap, then yeah. you burn your points out exactly. and you have to clean them and adjust them yeah. a lot more. So what you're trying, what a condenser does is keeps them from burning. What the exactly. right gap does is keeps them from burning and getting charred. Right. Because carbon doesn't yep. conduct electricity. Exactly. So if you get carbon in between your points, you have to clean it it's off. It's a resistor, though. Yep. Yeah. Well, it no, carbon does. A little, but it's a resistor, and it increases Yeah, because it'll... Tell that to your points. Yes. I'm just saying, with drones, carbon, if you get a plus and negative on a carbon fiber plate, you will have explosions. If you have the right amount of electricity and, uh, like, you can say, like, I have that, uh, I have that uh, luminous bulb transformer. You can write with graphite on it or carbon mm -hmm. and stuff, and yep. once it burns... Then it will conduct through it, but with your points, the carbon that builds up in between oh, right. there will keep it from that's making, exactly that's right. letting it pass twelve yeah. volts. At you know what I yep. mean. So you just don't have enough, right? Right. And um, the biggest thing when we're talking about like points and points maintenance and everything else, it doesn't matter what kind of a motorcycle it is. They all basically work in the same principle: is at the end of the crankshaft there'll be an ovoid piece of metal called a cam, and that is going to cause one or both of your points to open a given amount that you're going to set. Let me just say one more thing. Yeah. Everything is a conductor. Absolutely. Air, air is a yeah, conductor. Exactly. If the voltage is high It'll enough, arc through yeah. the air. air right. Everything is a conductor yeah. at some point. Right. right. Rubber can be a conductor if the voltage is high It just enough, depends right? on how much or resistance the amperage, is, right? So. Right. Yeah. So when you get and you start looking at points and you start kind of looking at some very, very basic, this is a CB175, which is probably the most simple I can think of. Uh, there's really some interesting stuff there. And if you look at the bottom where the red insulated say, mine wire. Only, mine only has one set of points. Exactly, <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're looking at the red insulated wire, the red uh, clamp on ring terminal that's going into that. So the weird thing that happens is there's a piece of uh, reinforced fiber washer there. Or Bakelite or whatever. Bakelite or something, right? And the idea is... That is one of the most insane failure points because the spring part of the assembly is grounded. But where the wire goes in to the terminal, those are brass uh, nuts and bolts hardware there, that's not grounded. That's all positive coming into it. And very frequently, any arcing at all, anything between that spring and the mount that holds that on, if you have any short to ground there whatsoever, it stops working. It was uh, that with with the Stellas mm -hmm. on their kill switch. Yep. When you'd hit your kill switch, it would it, it would ground out, but it would also want to arc every once. Absolutely. In a while. Mm -hmm. yep. And it would arc and it arc, and then over time, it would build a little carbon trail. Yep. Mm -hmm. And at those high uh, voltage, it w you know, when it was going through the the coil at the higher voltages, it would follow that little trail, and it would actually. The bike wouldn't run because Absolutely. you'd start it up and it, you could watch, you'd take it apart and you'd watch it. It would just be going. My yep. Stella, I had to take the, the kill switch off. I had to disengage. Well, yeah. that, that, that almost became a PDI for it us. It did for us. Yeah. Take the horn cast off, yep. unplug the kill switch and just call it, turn it off with a, a key. Yep. That's exactly That's right. Yep. Yeah. 100%. And that is exactly what we did because it was the only thing proven to work because it was such a problem that the manufacturer decided that, you know, I'm sorry, DOT again, decided there had to have a kill switch. Mm -hmm. And they decided it was going to be a momentary kill switch. 
And when they did that, what they ended up with was a perfect place for a short circuit to happen. And they all did. Yep. So in this particular image, when we pull this up, the really the biggest thing that we can tell you is there's about seven or eight places in there where an errant ground can cause you to be dead on the side of the road. And what happens is not including the cover, which we already now we're going to talk about the idiots in the world of motorcycle design decided that they should put a metal cover on these fucking things. And when you put a metal cover very, very close to a set of points like that, it is not uncommon, especially with the Honda CB 350s for these bolts that are, in fact, positive. So if you look at the bolt to the left hand side and the bolt to the right hand side, they come in really dangerous proximity to the cover. And it is not uncommon for them to jump that. So that what we've done in the past is we've So buy those clear, plex, those clear plastic yeah, ones and you covers. won't have that problem. Won't have the problem. And the other thing you do is you can take E-tape and line the inside of your points cover with E-tape. If you've got a bike that runs great when the points cover is off, and then you go out to take it for a test ride, you put the points cover on, you start the motherfucker back up again, and now it's running like shit again, don't dick with the carburetor. Don't dick with anything else. Literally take the points cover off and well, take it for a ride. Wasn't that one of Matt's problems? At one Absolutely. We, were, we talked yeah. about all this, I yeah. thought. I thought we had him straight, but I thought we had him straight too. But anyway, so, so what's, what's the question again? When we're dealing, <laughs> so when we're dealing with points, there's a fiber. See, there's a piece of dog hair up there at twelve o'clock. Yeah, that's a lubricating pad, yeah. and you must occasionally put lubricant on that lubricating pad. So this is the part where we're trying to describe about points, points and why you might right. not want to use points exactly, and the advantages of having uh, electronic ignition over right. points. So when you don't put lubricant on the lubricating pad. The Delrin or vinyl, you know, plastic-based. So right here, these things are shoes. riding yep. on this concentric thing, and you can see yep. that it has a lobe. Exactly. So that is just a piece of plastic. That's all it is. Riding on a piece of metal. You got it. That needs lubrication. Or so this applies the KY jelly. It spits <laughs> on the shaft. Yep, it does. And keeps the shaft lubricated. And supposedly that works. It does. If you it works, if you put oil on it. Exactly. Little, I like right. to use a little. That's where I like to get that little synthetic racing oil or something yep. like that. Something that'll stick around for a I use time. three in one in that pen. That, they have that little pen. Use anything you want. Just use it. Doesn't it doesn't matter, but you have to use fun. it. But I'm just saying it's because, got that little needle But don't go it. too crazy with it because you don't really want all this shit covered with exactly. oil. Exactly. Because oil conducts electricity too. And oil yes. attracts metal shavings, which conduct electricity. Hmm. And here's the other weird stuff is as those shoes, those plastic shoes that wear down, when you don't get enough lube on there, those plastic shoes wear down, they change your timing because they change your points gap. So points gap, and if you think you're going to be smart and take a little piece of sandpaper and you're going to cheat the system and pry your points open, just a blonde one, and slide a little piece of sandpaper in there and jiggle it back and forth, what happens is those points, you'll see the contact points are like two little hockey pucks kissing each other. Well, if you sand them, they become non-square. They become non-flat. And now they get a high spot and a low spot which causes them to wear out like 20 times as fast. Well, so they you, burn a hole. Like they make yeah. a, a they also, crater. They, yeah, yeah they'll literally weld a, themselves yeah. a crater or they'll weld themselves a volcano. So you can buy yourself a yeah. points file. Square file. Which is a little file that yeah. goes in between your points and it will grind them both you nice and flat evenly. and smooth. And because the roadside fix of cleaning your points with the you know, uh, emery board is really just a roadside fix. It'll get you home. It'll get you home. So when you're switching over to electronic ignition, you're getting rid of all of this. 
And where this is sitting, you will now attach. See all those little cammed out yeah. bolts, uh, yeah. screw heads. And you can see how they're like all fuckered. That. See how they're all fuckered? fuckered in there. Because somebody changed the points in here once, right? So by the time you do it four or five times, they're super fuckered. Now, here's the interesting thing. Now, you could go out and buy yeah. a brand new points plate. Yep. But you better make sure it's right because sometimes you buy an aftermarket one and things weird. The vast majority of aftermarket points plates I've purchased yeah. are welded by children. And they arc indiscriminately from very different locations. I always put those uh, cap mm -hmm. screws yep. in with a hex. Yeah. Because it, it's yeah. so much easier. Yeah. And everybody they tries to get out. on these fucking things and reef on them. And you can't because they're literally like three fucking inch pounds of torque. You Firm. They don't really have to be all no. you got. No. Don't no. give it all But you got. if they're loose, they move and you're fucked. So... It's a big deal and very common. I've pulled points covers off and found two or three of these screws dangling around in the bottom of this co this cover area, which is a nightmare in, its, in and of itself. Plus the alignment. You have to make sure, yep. like if you want to tweak, like people tweak them. Yep. And then the, the two contacts are like this or like one's at an angle and sitting in there. Oh, yeah. And so all that just messes up everything. And that's really what we're, I mean, this is the idea. When, when Matt talks about like, okay, why do I want to get away from this system? Well, now we've told you. We've told you why you want to abandon this system. Well, there's kind it's of a hybrid, too. A thousand failure points. You can maintenance yes, it, yep. and you have to maintenance it. Yes, you do have to maintenance it. The, the thing and that that's makes a it, big part, yeah. The thing that makes it less maintenance, like, would be putting, a, like, the hybrid system I had was the points were only used as a trigger, dry trigger. Right. And it triggered the CD, the CDI put on there. Mm -hmm. In that situation, does it even matter what the gap is? It just has to open up. It just has to break at the right time. But the drill would change your timing, wouldn't right. it? Yes, so, it does. Yeah. Absolutely. So you'd have to still be within a certain few degrees. But, but it's then, not putting high tension current across the points and making them burn out. Right. So so your but you still list. have all the other problems with lubrication and wear and tear and. Right. Like, no, yeah. you do have and all the other problems, except they don't wear the way. I mean, they the, don't burn the, out. The That's contacts right. don't burn out. They don't burn out. Plus, yeah. there's no voltage really there. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about arcing. Yep. You have to worry about grounding still. I mean, if they're grounded, then they will have the same problem. But but they'll last way longer. Yep. And that's exactly it. And so what we're going to talk about now, what I'm going to pull up next on the screen is going to be the a basic electronic ignition kit. I mean, are you paying attention, Matt? Right. And this is really for Matt, but it's also for everyone else, because if you have a vintage motorcycle, it has been my observation for many, many, many years that you can really make a lot of problems go away with a delicious, hot spark. Beer? And if you've got oh. a nice, good, strong spark, you will not chase as many. Um, you want more beer? Yeah, I'm going to yeah, try we'll some more of that. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, you won't chase as many what you believe to be carburetor problems if you've got fantastic spark. And it really does, it does make a difference. And when you're working with a vintage motorcycle. Well, wait, wait let's just stop right yeah, there. Go ahead. When you get a bike, yeah. you have to do a full tune-up yep. according to the manual. Yeah. And I'm not just talking, we're going to check the points, we're going right. to do this. You need to do the full thing. Yep. You need to check the valves, you need to check the points, you need to yeah. go through the... Go through that whole thing, yep. and you'll probably give yourself... Adjust your timing chain. Adjust your timing yep. chain, do all that, and you've probably given yourself five to 10,000 easy miles yep. of no problems right. once you get it running, once you get your carbs cleaned out and everything mm -hmm. like that. Sure. And in my world, 
I don't really normally even get to put five to 10,000 miles on a bike before it ends up getting sold. Or getting whatever. sold off to somebody else anyway. And when we think about the world is stacked against you, right? You've got a 40 year old motorcycle, which means everywhere there's a paper gasket, everywhere there's a cardboard gasket, everywhere there's a piece of rubber, that shit is dried out and leaking. So your overall air load going into the motor is much higher than it would have been in 1974 anyway. So already, unless you've done a full rebuild on that motor and you know that it's, you know, tighter than fuck, right? Unless that motor's perfect and tight and not leaking air or fuel anywhere. Hondas are pretty good with that. They are pretty good with that. But we do know that, has anybody seen a leaking head gasket on them in line four? No, never. Never. They all have a telltale black stripe halfway <laughs> no. up the fucking jugs, right? Every single one of them. Of course them. I have. And if oil comes out, air goes in. It's a simple fact. If oil, big giant oil can get out, so air can get in. what you do with in. that yep. is you spray it off and clean it up really good. Clean it up really good. And then you take some engine enamel on a yep. little thing. You paint that. You paint it. That engine enamel will soak in there and it'll actually seal it up a little bit. A little bit. And you can kind of fix that up a little bit. Yeah. And then you sell it. It's almost as good as that's why I never get more than five to ten thousand miles. It's almost as good as putting sawdust in your transmission. It'll quiet that bitch right down for a radiator. Exactly. And so when I when I think about why I'm doing electronic ignition, and the main reason I'm doing electronic ignition is to reduce the number of potential fail points. So if I know that I can say you know, this is a condenser. It costs $5, but it is suspect. It is no now no longer part of the operating right. chain. It's now no longer a fail point. But all condensers now are suspect. You can't, it's hard to find a good condenser. Because they're all made by children. The condenser, right. it'll still work without a condenser. Absolutely. You'll just burn your points out. It'll burn them up. You, you right just quick. answered the question, yeah. why people continually, not all people, but a lot, yeah. don't travel on the most high-tech bikes, if they're going around the world, they still right. take the DR650s yeah. and all this stuff. It's because you can fix that shit anywhere right. compared to, like, all these weird electronic well, the issues. the DR650s electronic ignition, too, and always has been. So no, but it's, I mean, but, like, no, it's, it's carbureted. just that it's available. It's carbureted, but it's, it's carbureted. electronic ignition. Yeah, but I'm saying, right. like, you know, you can get, if you're yeah. in Zimbabwe, you can probably still get a carb Absolutely. part or something. And like. you could probably get an electronic ignition for it. Well, because um, Because these... These platforms have been used in so many different applications. Right. So but they're bulletproof now, though. So your I problem mean, right here is all this green shit. Yeah. See well, that green shit? <laughs> the green shit. So what you have is conformal coding, and you got a circuit board there. And so um, in various different companies, uh, they'll do different things. And sometimes they'll put the, the circuit board and the chips on the actual plate. And other times, they'll put the circuit board and the chips in remote locations. Do you want that vibrating at 10,000 RPM? Do you want the heat on it? Do you well, want all that heat it, on it's it? Entirely up to, it's entirely up to the consumer whether they choose to go a PAMCO route or somebody See, else's route. See, I think route. that you have right up on the board now. Yeah. That, to me, is the, the best way to do it. It's a Dyna. Correct. And so this is the Dyna. And in my opinion, I think the Dyna is an extraordinarily good Pickups on the points plate yep. with a box somewhere else. Exactly. And to me, I think that I think Dyna really did nail it when they when they brought this out. I do have to say that one of the things about the Dyna that works incredibly well is it's hard to fuck it up when you install it. And so most guys who are home gamers can buy a Dyna kit and they can install it. And it's just it's literally take off old points plates, put on new points plate. The trick is, yeah, you're now not going to ever have to adjust it ever again 
You do not need set to it and forget set it. Set it and forget it. Ron so Popeil, motherfucker. It, from, a, from being a BMW guy, yeah. that Dynaplate yep. also has another advantage where you can adjust the spark timing to each individual cylinder instead yep. of the original one has a single single point, mm -hmm. single set of points, and there's some run out in that cam. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the timing on both cylinders, on a, like mm -hmm. a R60 or R75, they're off like a few degrees. Yes. But when you buy a Dyna, you can, those uh, pickups can be moved individually. Yes. So you could set it so that the each time, cylinder each is, cylinder is yes. hitting right at the exact Absolutely. point that you want it. And isn't and it, that a fucking great thing? It's a great yeah. thing because it makes thing. it so smooth. Yeah. But and you could do the same thing with a set of points, too. Yes. No, Absolutely. but not if you have one set of points for oh, on both, yes. both cylinders, which You're, is the way the old, like, a, like oh, okay. 74s. So and, when you like, have, because a BMW is essentially a 360 degree crank, the pistons are moving at the same time. So you have a wasted spark. So the, it's, spark, it's sparking. Every time the pistons move the top dead center, mm -hmm. it's just one time. This is at top dead center on the power stroke, and this one is not. But it fires right. both plugs every time. Every right. time. But there's yeah. run out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's so, never quite correct. Which bu bu bugs the hell out of me. I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'm certain that it does. <laughs> does it make you grumpy? The, uh, <laughs> it makes me grumpier than usual. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, Honda Man ignition system. When you look at the Honda Man, uh, there's his setup is his setup is incredibly basic. It's really, really, really simple. Um, everything kind of stays the same uh, everywhere else in the bike. It's just a very minimal plate with with just if you take a look. There's literally a couple of diodes in there and a couple of cap resistors. So it's just a trigger, right? Uh, and we have seen these work to a pretty good, pretty good extent to people. Uh, it's for some reason, the CB350 ones, people love the Honda man CB350 ignitions and they, they do swear by them. They work really, really well. And the nice thing too, is that's another one. It's just fucking impossible to, to install the thing wrong. Uh, it's just a really good thing for a guy that wants to, to set his bike up and, and not have to think about it too much. The other thing that's nice about electronic ignition is if you're getting into a Dynatech, if you're getting into anything of quality, there will be some implied advance and retard that's RPM based that is no longer centrifugal based. So when you get into the older motorcycles, the advance and retard of these bikes was very frequently handled by a centrifugal mass that was affecting the timing of the motorcycle based on the rev. But as a motorcycle gets older, that... Uh, eccentric mass that's on there would get hung up or you would just lose that leg. Oh, they absolutely can get frozen stuck, yes. frozen stuck solid, solid and they're not advancing or they're staying fully advanced all the time. Usually they're staying fully advanced because that high rev situation when it's it'll throw the weights out, it'll throw the weights out. They the won't come back in The springs are too weak to pull it back exactly. in. Exactly. Or one side gets seized up and then yep. it doesn't well, They do just get totally loose like, and fuckered and everything. And that's a big, big complaint that I have with the older mechanical point systems is the vast majority of the time we see a motorcycle that's 40 years old, but has 3000 miles on it. And then the guy goes out and rides it. He gets it running after it's been sitting for 20 years, gets, does all the things right. He does everything he should think he should do is right. But then he takes it out and runs it. And the first time he gets the bike going 40, 50, 60 miles an hour, he comes back down to the red light and the bike won't fucking idle hmm. because it's at full advance. 
Yeah, so that's when you're, you're servicing your yep. points for the first time doing your tune-up. Yep. Grab that little cam and turn it. Abs it should absolutely. go, and you leave. If you let it go, it should snap back. Yep. You know, you can you can turn it. it should be nice and loose. Absolutely. And it should advance. And with the electronic ignition kits, we're giving up on the centrifugal cam-based advance and retard, and we're then saying, okay, if your X RPM or lower, we're retarding the timing. If mm. your X RPM or higher, we're advancing the retarding, mm. or advancing the timing. timing. And that really does make a big difference. For That's what I would want to look at. Yeah. If I had put an electronic ignition on a bike, yep. I would want to go and look at my timing plate, look at the flywheel, mm -hmm. and look at the marks on the flywheel, yep. hook up a timing light. Everybody knows what a timing light is. Absolutely. It flashes at the same time that your yeah. spark plug would normally be. And, but, but what it does is it makes it look like your time, your timing, your flywheel is standing still. Right. Yeah, exactly. So at idle, it should be, it should be firing. You should be, it should be hitting at the T mark, which yep. is top dead center. Actually, well, there's actually two marks. There's a top dead center and there's yep. one that's a, a little bit past top dead center. Yep. Cause when you start it, you don't actually want it at no. anything. You never want it before top dead center when you're trying to start it. Right. That's how you get kickback. Exactly. That the piston comes up. Pre-detonation. Yep. It pre-detonates and yep. it kicks back. Exactly. So, but then when you rev it, you, you'll have your forward advance marks. So that should be somewhere, if you rev it up to about 2,000, 2,500 RPMs, yep. you should see the timing change, and yep. then it should go to those forward advance marks. And if it's too far past them or not going to them, if you get that's usually two marks. So you have a little bit of a, yep. a few degrees of range where it should be landing in between those. Right. And that's no matter exactly what ignition right. you have on it, whether you're running points or an electronic, that's how it should work. That's how it should work, because that's the tattletale. When we're looking at things and we're using a, a strobe, the strobe is being triggered by the electricity going through the plug wire. Mm -hmm. So the plugs go, plug wire electricity is going past a sensor, telling the light to fire. And because there's no delay in that, now you can dial on some timing lights, you can dial in an advance and a retard. But with most of the motorcycles we work on, built right onto the timing plate, built right onto the stator plate, there'll be these marks. And they'll be like a T1, T2, L1, L2. And your owner's manual will tell you exactly what these marks mean. A, like on a Honda, it's a T and then yep. an F. Yep, T and an F. So you're exactly. not, top dead center is where you adjust your valves and right. everything. But the F is for... Firing. You're firing. That's right. where you're, that's where you yeah. adjust your, your ignition exactly. type stuff. Right. Wow. And then you have two more right. marks that aren't really even marked. They're just, but those are the forward advance those marks. Those are your forward advance marks. And that's how you test to make sure that your forward, that your advancer is working mm. to make sure that when your bike right. goes over mm -hmm. 4,000 RPM, it doesn't just fall on its fucking face mm. because its spark is happening too goddamn late. Mm -hmm. So when you move to electronic ignition, you basically take that rat's nest of wire that we see up in the picture there. And we consolidate that down into something that, you know, there's a lot of fail points there. And we go to something like this, where we have one wire coming in, you know, one loom coming in with four wires going into a circuit board with a couple of diodes. And I mean, if you can't test that with your Harbor Freight multimeter you got for free, you're a fucking idiot. You shouldn't be riding a motorcycle because really it's a transistor, a Hall effect sensor, which is the optical sensor that tells it when to go bang. That's it. I mean, that's all a PAMCO is. It's the world's cheesiest little fucking circuit board. And I, just, I love the idea. That I just don't like having a circuit board right there. Like, you know, yeah, I want that away from the motor. And, and I do away. understand that. But honestly, I know the motor. I know the temperatures these things run at because yeah, I mean, I've had a bike run for seven hours. I'll reach down and put my hand on the cover that hmm. covers that. And it's not enough to warm my hands up. Right? I mean, you should be able to touch the valve cover of, a, right. of most of them. Without exactly. Them. You might have to take your hand off within a second or two, but it should never scald the shit out of you. And it's not going to be enough to melt down that ice elastic and everything else that's on there 
that's building that miniature little you know breadboard or that little board that's there. That's it. I'm putting electronic ignition on all my shit. Well, it is one of these things that the price of them has come down so much that to continue to limp along a point system and when you're trying to maintain a bike and you have a big, beautiful blue spark that'll make you numb up to your fucking shoulder (laughs) versus an orange spark that's kind of like, oh, Wait, turn all the lights off. I think there might be a spark. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is that spark? Is that- Could you kick the bike harder? Maybe we should try bump starting it. Oh, I fucked yeah. myself. I'm not going to make it home tonight on the Super Hog. <laughs> the, 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 uh, yeah. the other advantage of points is that when there's an EMP and nothing electronic. Now, works, now that boom, is legit. Boom. Now, I will never fucking argue that. I ever. have several vehicles that can withstand an EMP. But my question is would an EMP fuck that over? Yes, 100%. I disagree. Well, I'm an electronic I think engineer. <laughs> take off the transistor. The transistor, I think, is the most vulnerable part of the whole thing, in which case all transistors would be fucked off. So like, if it, if it was enough to take out that transistor, if an electromagnetic pulse could literally damage that transistor, we are monkey fucked. Because that means everything. Yeah. These you're microphones gonna, well, are useless. You're gonna have a yeah. you're gonna have a CB750 that'll run. Yeah. But what's it gonna do to a selenium rectifier right. and all that exactly. other shit? You know, right. like, come on. And that's my thing. Is like there a are CB750 so many things. though. A CB750 yeah. though has the mechanical regulator and yes, everything. It does. I think it is very EMP. proof I think you're right. I right. think it's probably super EMP proof. Like short of being a diesel, no spark pluggy kind of thing. Yeah, I don't it's see pretty how. rad. It's yeah. mechanical. The it's purely everything's mechanical. The passport will run. Yeah, exactly. Run. Yeah. And what would EMP do? Do to a fucking? I'm curious. What would an EMP blast do to a? The dumbest thing ever is a condenser. What Nothing. would an EMP do to a charge it up? It. And then it would discharge whenever you started the bike. Oh, free spark. Hey. <laughs> That'd be a, your first spark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, ready for you. That bitch started on the first kick. It's never done that. <laughs> never done that. Yeah, because it had so a million volts. Didn't, in it. Uh, didn't the Russians used to build their fighter jets with uh, vacuum tubes because they were immune to I, I, EMP? That was, I did. I did hear that. So, yeah, fuck, man. So, really, the best reason to go radios, to I've got all kinds of shit that's still going to work after the EMP. The best reason to go to electronic ignition is everything except for EMP. <laughs> well, and Matt also, Davidson, you have been yeah. fucking answered. Yes. Yeah. Please. I don't think we could answer you if, any harder. If the Russian more titties electronic yeah. ignitions yeah. last as long as they do, yeah. then why wouldn't you buy an electronic ignition? Oh, there you go. Actually. I'm saying the one on that Ural? Yeah. That thing runs, and they say it's the crappiest one in the world. I know, and that is and, and it it's is perfect. True. I mean, it's, I think it's great. And I have electronic ignitions on my Vespas from 1974 that were made by Italians. You talk about having the deck stacked against you. <laughs> Their space program kicks. I don't complain ass. about the electronic ignition on my car. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, or, right? Hell, now lawnmowers and shit, everything's got a little electronic yeah. ignition on it. It's true. And if you ever cut apart like the Femza electronic ignition that's on the old 74 rallies and stuff, it's this big giant orange rubber plastic piece of goo with some wiring inside of it and like the world's most primitive board and if you cut that thing apart you're like wow this was bleeding edge technology in 1974 (laughs) but it is by today's standards it's like garbage it is pure garbage and something that we were paying three four hundred dollars for to find them in the early 2000s now there is a three dollar chinese box yeah that works perfectly every single fucking time that you can replace it with and that's the thing too yeah you have like all these 80s bikes that have the cdi oh, yeah. and yeah. the 
the igniters and all that other stuff. And for the record, that just stands for capacitive discharge ignition. I mean, that's what I had wanted yeah. to, you know, had that shadow in my garage. And if I'd had more time, yeah. I was going to try to say, let's get rid of these igniters. Yes. And let's pop in two Chinese. Two Chinese CDIs. CDIs yeah. For 10 bucks a piece. Exactly. And I bet you could have made it run. I, yes. I, I don't see I don't why it wouldn't it. work. I, no, but what I'm I, saying I is yeah. now my fear, I think in podcasts ago. Right. Where that this is what's going to happen. All these things are going to fail. Right. But you don't have to worry about it yeah. because you could just replace it with something like this. Exactly. And these are coming down so rapidly. The price oh, is coming yeah, down yeah. so rapidly. Yeah. It'll probably cost you less than a set of points. Oh, I remember. Because I paid 20 bucks for my points in a condenser. Exactly. For my Moto Gucci this week. That's <laughs> and it is a funny thing when you do think, okay, I'm going to, I'm in a world where, not me personally, but as a consumer in a world where you're like, okay, I need to put new points and condenser on my motorcycle. I happen to own a 70s bike and I want to make sure it's running correctly. It's not running correctly now. I take it to, you know, XYZ shop. They're going to work on it. That means they're going to put in points and condenser and they're going to dial it in. And that's going to be an hour, maybe two hours if it's a multi-cylinder bike, right? Well, okay, now you're at 250 bucks. You're kind of close to the price of a Pamco. You're definitely past the point of a Honda Man ignition. So you can buy a lot of different electronic ignition assemblies for less money than it would cost to maintain it once or read the fucking manual and do it yourself. And the Honda manuals are really good for telling you how to do your points. So John came by. There you go. Sorry, I blew your ears out of that. No, one. that's fine. You know, what's, but, you know, what's interesting. Yeah. So they always say when you're testing compression, if you can hold your right. thumb on yeah. the thing, it's and about a hundred gauge, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like. I got it to 91. Yeah, yeah 91, yeah, so, 100 yeah. is pretty much where your thumb blows yeah, off. We can test and see who's got the strongest thumb. Oh, 112. Nice. Yeah, well, you know, I work you out. You work it out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I work out. <laughs> but yeah, so John brought me this and I'll also... with the stranger. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's see if it goes down. I just got down. air injected in my system via my thumb. Hold it the other, Hold the, it uh, the other hand. But what's funny about this is... Uh oh John bought me this kit. And this kit is like... So Phil's getting a kit. Dude, this thing is... A lot of fluorescent green going on. Here. And I'm normally a red guy, right? Yeah, right. So I've, I've been a red guy for like a long time. I've had my red stuff for about 21 years. Right. We, we looked at the dates and on by it. By that, he's talking tools. Red red tools. Red tools, people that right. Aren't exactly, right. right. Yeah. Lipstick yeah. on your dipstick. The will fuck yeah, yeah, but the red right. tools used to come from, from the United States. Yeah. Then they moved to Slovakia, and now yeah. they're Chinese. So John brought me these. And here's what I will tell you is this is a lithium 18 volt. And this motherfucker, and I'll pass this around for the crowd, it has a magnet on it to hold things, what drop off of it. Um, that's pretty cool. And they're lit. And that's, they're lit. They're that, lit that is, you don't realize how awesome that is yeah. until you, Do you need it. Right. Until you have it, and then you can't live without it. But what I will tell you Because you're is, not holding your cell phone like this. You know, <laughs> up until, you know, in year of our Lord, whatever, you know, 2000, um, these deals, the these Milwaukee M12 guys these were the the dog's bollocks right mm -hmm. and uh today i tightened i tightened something with this which i have been my go-to for literally 21 years mm -hmm. or what have you and then i used the uh, that thing and that thing <laughs> is holy fuck you right now <laughs> that will shear off hardware yeah you gotta be careful i have to go after everything i do with, with this with the torque wrench and, and snug her up on that, I might have to back some shit off because <laughs> can you adjust one, like the setting? No. It has one, one speed one broken. 
Well, yeah. you can adjust. You you'll get yeah. good with the, the trigger on it yeah. though. I mean, it should yeah. have. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. it's you, a variable speed trigger. And I, you know, I use yeah. a Dewalt at work, and I can do. Oh, I, yeah. I want to do one tap. I can do two taps. Yeah. I can do three taps. One dugga, two duggas, three duggas. You get, yeah. get good with it. But what I really like is that. So you know, I've had this kit for a long time, and the the it's drill really driver. Nice and handy. That's small and lightweight. Yeah. And compact. Yeah. This Very is nice. really nice. You know, and it, and it, it lacks the transformer style case that the Ryobi is famous for is looking like a transforming rabbit, whereas this looks like it's the shape it had to be to be a thing. Like, this yep. is like, this is the shape it had to be, and they didn't put any extra plastic on it. It looks like it should come from the game Fallout. It like does. It does. Right. Like yeah, it does. It has, 1950s, it has like the 1950s ray gun yeah. look. Yeah. Well, it looks like an air chuck. It I, looks like an air tool. It does. Yeah. And I'm absolutely certain that this is the exact shape it had to be to do what it's doing. This, on the other hand, went to the design department. Yeah. And they went, this could be a banana or a car or a tool, depending on how angry it is when you set it down. And, but that thing will fuck you up. It yeah. has got some torque. And we had this electric, you know, AC 110 plug into the wall. Electric torque wrench that is, you know, three quarter inch drive and is literally on the only use in case of emergency situation, like diesel or higher. Right. Right railroad equipment <laughs> and every time we have to bust that thing out at the shop i have written on it with sharpie motherfucker yeah because it breaks your wrist it off. breaks your fucking wrist every yeah. time you go to use it you got to make sure that you're you know mm. you're you're giving yourself a clear angle so that when you hit the trigger you can get away from it your you put your knee you got to put your knee into it you put your knee down put your knee into it, it you'll lose your fucking knee right but i'm just right. saying you don't want it to you don't want yeah. your wrist to get snapped no, off so. you really don't and i prefer in that in that instance before the hammers have a chance to do their thing they're going to break bones so i just tend to go at it real real fucking you know real sally up to that motherfucker just sally up gentle and just work the trigger and then be clear to let it spin if it wants to spin. Because yep. if you try to hang on to that well, beast, you could hurt yourself. That's the old uh, that's the old dad like trying to teach his kid to shoot a shotgun yes. thing. And yeah, he yeah. puts it in his shoulder. Oh, don't hold it real tight. You <laughs> know, yeah, give yourself yeah. a little space there, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. And now Johnny's in the ER yeah. with his first, you know, rotator cuff surgery. Why would they do that? What's that? Tell your kid to do that. Well, some, I mean, some dads I, are dicks. I was, I was raised in a kid. Yeah. That's like when they tell girls, they're like, first time girls shooting a rifle with a scope on it. They're like, Put okay, it, you got to really get up on that scope there, sweetheart. Put your and, eye right and Then she it. touches off that seven millimeter and she's got a ring around her fucking eye hole like this and a broken orbital socket because <laughs> some asshole had to be fucking Johnny Smart gun guy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it's just I, eye relief has caused a lot of people fucked up, you know, trips to the hospital when they should have been shooting. The, uh, just opens up another orifice, man. Oh, yeah, by the way, um, <laughs> now she's real King sexy. Has fifteen hundred and seventy-six rounds of twenty-two high velocity for one hundred thirty-nine bucks. That's a really good deal. It is. That's a really, really online good deal. only. Yeah, online only. They'll deliver it right to your fucking house. So, but I did want to bring the, this to attention because this motherfucker is a godsend. This was the showcase. This is the whole reason why this all happened. Yeah, was that. This. Now you can now, buy that. You buy this, it comes like this. That right. is $24.95. 24 doll hairs. So you should buy another one 24? because you have two batteries. You yeah. could have two of those. You could have two of these because yeah. you have two batteries in the kit with the drills and the impact dullies. driver. If you have if you have right. the batteries oh. already, that's only another $24.95. Genius. Because what this is is just a little, you know, fucking DC motor. But in, in my there. opinion, yeah. that's the best part of this whole package. Because as I can tell you today, I had to inflate about nine motorcycle tires. We had a lot of bikes go out of the shop today. And the ability to not have to go 
into the noisy compre compressor area and just be able to slide under a bike here in the showroom and make that noise. Um, it'll pump up a dead, totally dead tire. Now, normally, if any of you guys have worked with those little tiny shitty fucking, you know. This uh, one has very good volume. Last it's resort inflators. It's always like, this will inflate a tire in 47 and minutes. And, it should, <laughs> and you should never run it for more than 10 minutes or it'll right. burst into flames. This thing inflates a tire from 3 PSI to 32 PSI in about three minutes, like not even three. Like it, it, it's good volume. Like it's got a decent stroke in there. And what's the what's the running length with that battery? I have no idea. They, I think they say enough. You can fill at least enough. twelve tires. At yeah. least enough. They say you can fill ten empty car tires. I don't doubt it. Yeah, I don't doubt it. It's, so you, it's you got crazy. this all as a kit? So no, no John got me so, this standalone. No. But then to get the cool batteries, to yeah. give me the two cool battery thing. He got me the the kit with the driver and the uh, uh, screw gun, with which has got the which is nice because it's got an you actual can buy, chuck. You can get a kit that has the yeah. compressor, yeah. but it's ninety some dollar. Right. It, it was ninety. It was a hundred. Because you're getting the charger bucks. and the you, battery, so, and you only get one battery. Ah. So doing it this way, I bought two I got the drill, the driver, yeah. two batteries, a charger, yeah. and that was yeah. like one hundred and thirty six yeah. bucks. Wait, is that you got it today? Uh, two days ago yeah. at Home Depot, they have them. Home Depot. Is it still? They're there. Well, it's I'm, a good deal. I'm going tomorrow and get And I like this because it's got a fucking chuck on it, a proper chuck. Whereas my my Will Fucky um, screw guy, screwdriver, it's got the whole clutch and everything that's nice, but it doesn't. It's still got that bullshit fucking hex so that everything you buy has to have a hex on the end of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And none of the best builders, no, no drill bit in the history of drill bits that was any quality had a hex adapter on the bottom of it. But I'll say this. Yeah. I have the plug-in version of yeah. that drill. Yeah. Okay. When you go to reverse something, yeah. it throws the chuck out well, of it. Well, of course it does. It's fucking, it drives me crazy. I was yeah, building I'll fix fence. that once. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, I will fix that one time, and it won't do that anymore. Well, my problem is that I have Because I, I, I know where the red Loctite is. Gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. I have all Milwaukee's. Yeah. And the batteries after, you know, now, after. I will say this. If you go on Amazon's, yes. for most brands, they sell cheap re replacement batteries that are no-name brand. Yeah. That'll go right. That's what I do with my Craftsman C3 stuff that I've yeah. had since I bought my house 20 Absolutely. years ago. Yep. And I, I, and you can't even, you know, the batteries are not even worth buying from from Sears Craftsman. Right. But I went, I think I got two batteries for like $35. Okay, right. so I can exactly. get a cheaper so version. It's just yeah. a no and this battery, battery, this is one of the M12s. And um, this one, I did look on this because I was like, shit, this is an 06. So that's 14-year-old battery. But I did, I did rebuild it once. So I replaced the cells in there one time because I got the mark on it. So I did I did rebuild this one oh, once. Maybe I can do that. I, I mean, I just it. take them apart and put new cells in them because the cells are cheap. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are they, or, uh, you can, or you can literally go on Amazon. Yeah, they're lithium. They're lithium, 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 ion. lithium yeah. ion. They're like 3208s or 3208. something. Yeah, yeah, 32 They work good. Oh, well, then I'm going to do yeah. that because I have yeah. a... You can rebuild them. But, but make, sure, make sure you get real Samsung 3208s. Yeah. They okay. will last like I mean like the it's crazy because like a lot of times you're like name brand who gives a shit right right but the Samsung ones like they they're class double A real deal with like they'll be twice as good as any other battery Either okay like the Panasonics too like who likes they, alcohol yeah, something like that what who, who likes does? alcohol me so we all know what this is oh boy all right wait hold on let me see the proof hold on oh yeah yeah here we go I'm popcorn and yeah, Sutton exactly, Cinch. yeah. Well, oh, that's like a ninety-nine point four right. right there. Isn't it? All right. But this is what this is my favorite thing. That come from prison? Man. Yeah, I should have right. That's so crazy. this is uh, Faber so Faber Liquors in uh, Maiden, Pennsylvania. What? So since we this is hand sanitizer. Oh. So uh, it's hand sanitizer. 
And since, you know, Can we the world it? right now is the commodity of the world is hand sanitizer. Um, I, I have some hand sanitizer out here that I brought out for us to, to experiment with. In case. And because we should all be using hand sanitizer to keep ourselves from getting the Rona, right? So I thought this would be fun. Just go ahead and don't drink it. Yeah, right. Okay. But I want you to give it the sniff test. And tell me if it smells like anything you've ever had in your mouth before. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, right. I'm not going to say it. Okay. But and it's then something that it. we've all had. Now, pass that right and then follow it with what we know is corn, right? We know that's corn shine. Yep. Because we know the guy who made it. Yep. Right? Okay. It also tastes like, or smells like straws or straws or whatever the fuck <laughs> Stroh. that is. Straw. Yeah. Straw. Right. Yeah. Stroh. Right? And then... No, well, the hand sanitizer version might smells like it might be smoother it than does. Uh, <laughs> no shit. Dan and I Dan and I sampled it earlier and I was like, I really think the hand sanitizer's better. I'm tempted That's to drink the tequila. hand sanitizer. Right? And and then go oh, ahead and give thing. yourself give yourself a good hand sanitizing. Oh yeah, right? it's the same thing. Okay. And then try oh, that. Geez. Same thing. All right. Oh. And so what we have is we have all these distilleries out there, right? We have all these distilleries that are out there trying to make a product because they can't, they don't have customers coming into their bars and their restaurants. Right. But you're going to get a goddamn DUI going home because your hands have been drinking all night. <laughs> and I do know, like, there's like oh, transdermal absorption. That's horrible. Yeah. That's but, the stuff we have at work. Is they gave us this little thing and it's like tequila and peroxide. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so basically, all the distilleries are just, they're not, smell they're good. just not adding aloe to it. That's what makes it not jelly. Yeah, well, they're just giving so you that, the, that green one clearly has some kind of a thickening agent yeah, put like in it, which might be something. aloe. Yeah, right. And I love how this says, do not drink for external use only. Use only on hands. And it says, uh, alcohol, antiseptic, 80% topical solution non-sterile you'll non -sterile. be sterile after you drink it it's 80 percent, motherfucker that shit's sterile okay is it ethyl it just needs it to doesn't be say it just says alcohol it just says alcohol 80 percent purpose antiseptic and then it gives all the uses dot 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 for external use only flammable keep away from heat or flame it says keep out of eyes ears and mouth in case of contact with eyes rinse eyes thoroughly with water stop use and ask a doctor if irritation or rash occurs or if you start dancing these may be signs of a serious condition uh keep out of reach of children if swallowed get medical help or call poison control center right away place enough product on hands to cover all surfaces rub hands together until dry etc supervise children under six years old no big deal other information store between 15 and 30 degrees science Avoid freezing or excessive heat above 40 degrees science, which is 104. Okay, so inactive ingredient is purified water, glycerin, and hydrogen peroxide. Those are the inactive ingredients. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you the active ingredient is booze. Yeah. <laughs> I assure you, as being a person who is drunk for more than one lifetime, I assure you, the active ingredient in that product is booze. And I think that if you had enough of it and you put it in an oak bourbon barrel, after two years, it'd you be could sell it fucking again. Good whiskey. It'd be yeah. fucking delicious, <laughs> and that is really, really it. And it's like when you smell that, <laughs> what about when drinking hydrogen peroxide? You smell that against our corn liquor? Yeah, no, it's the same it's the thing, same man. Shit. And it still smells like that shit too. The straws. Corn or liquor smells. Yeah. That smells way better though. Yeah, I think that smells like 
Yeah. No chemicals. It's a little cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It actually burns your nose if you. Oh. Okay, so. And Phil's bringing a bag of something. I got a bag of something. A big white bag. Yeah. All right, so here we go. So uh, this is from Kayla, last name to be left behind. Kayla has sent us no, not one, but many. I like this of her special undergarments. Oh, the g-strings. She sent us her underwear. Yeah. So wow. Kayla sent us her underwear. I like um, it. Kayla has sent us. I think quantity 100. Wow. Um, because uh, we, from the Ohio Workers' Compensation Division, um, we have been gifted many Look at that. delightful, delightful pairs of ladies' underwear. Shoot it at me like a bra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you guys want, you can have as many of these as you want. They're lovely. Mine came pre-stained with it, like it some juice. Yeah, little, 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 little juice extra, on it. Little, yeah. little, little extra honey on there. <laughs> Thank yeah, you exactly. <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried to get one on yet, but I, um, but I did wear one today for my customers, and they are they're really nice for for being a mask provided to us by the state of Ohio. It does smell like vanilla and pears. It would be awesome. It does smell like clean. Yeah, it, it smells does. like it, it smells, smells like like, mm. like hotel hotel sheets. It smells like hotel Is sheets this made by yeah. the My Pillow guy. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He did stop all of his production to make us masks. But uh, yeah, so we got those in the mail today. Thank so, you, Kayla. Thank you very much. Uh, we're mm -hmm. still giving the customers the road masks that you picked up. The, uh, <laughs> the road so, masks. Yeah, those are special road masks. <laughs> Some of them even have little parts of uh, blacktop on them. So that's how you know they're authentic. <laughs> the, road. Yeah. the road mask. The road masks. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, so I thought you, gotta, you guys yeah. get a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah little I-90, uh, little souvenirs on I-90. So how many masks do you think were out? I mean, on that particular thing. The If I'd have wanted to be ballsy. Did it look like it was snowing? Yeah. Oh, really? If you it was look all at the pictures, there was a news article. Yeah. The whole barrier, Jersey barrier, for about a quarter mile was just. But then some of them had blowed across the road into the grass and, on, and where the Warren exit is. And that's why I harvested like yeah. 200 in three minutes. Wow. Man. That's, that's crazy. cool. It had to be a couple of cases of boxes. Yeah. Because you were even finding the packaging in the boxes. I like this overhead view. Uh, it's pretty good. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's good. The FBI has yeah, been asking. The Jersey barrier, There's any, John picking them up. Yep. The, the FBI. Oh, I went back like the next day and they were all gone. People oh, they were, of course. As soon as the news article went out, they were all gone. Yeah, well, why not? You, you know, free masks. Well, right? there was the, the, they were looking for a couple of guys that looted all the uh, masks that were dropped by that truck for a while. I noticed they were. What? Big news article about it. Yeah. You're kidding me. Oh, so those John. were stolen masks. Well, you know, it's just like bank money. They fell okay. off the truck, but they, they were something. The so, yeah, you know, I, I get yeah. you. Uh huh. I like so the, uh, the I like the artistic truck? shot, the up close shot. That that's uh -huh. you know that's that's the guy going for the award well, look right at there. This one here, like you see how it's just like there were places where it was just like you could go and probably scoop up two hundred like in a yeah. second. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's it is hilarious when you so think what, about the it. The box like, fell off and it just exploded. Or it was something? clearly a lot of boxes. It had to yeah. be a couple. A it says one thousand face masks. So that's a lot of face John masks. John got twenty percent of them. John, John did. He brought me at least a hundred for yeah, sure. It was way more than yeah. a thousand. Yeah. So that's pretty you won't cool. get COVID, but you might get Firestone. A thousand We're not sure. after people picked them up. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So um, I, I've got some 
kind of a weird news. Uh, I have decided to sell something, and I'm not sure that oh. I'm not sure that I'm really ready to make this decision. Right. Oh, but oh, I'm gonna sell the trans out. Oh, yeah, you just got it. I just got it. I've ridden it back and forth to work a few times, and uh, I just got a boner. Yeah, so <laughs> I know I've always wanted. I, Steve wants it. Good thing I have this face mask. <laughs> <laughs> I know Steve super duper wants it, so um, we'll probably do a deal later. But it's been fun, but it gave me. I had to I had to fuck with it the other day. Did it, it cure you of wanting a trans? Well, okay. So how many positions does a Honda Trans Alp fuel tap have? All of them. It's got a big knob on the left hand side. I don't I don't know if you can see a picture here. So this picture you'll see there's a big hole in the left side of the plastic. Yeah. And that's what Honda was famous for in the eighties and nineties was putting a big hole in the side of the plastic and a big giant knob that yep. you could go on off reserve with. Meanwhile, behind that big knob is your same standard petcock. Little tiny <laughs> petcock, exactly, with a giant knob on it. But it has another secret ingredient. It has a little tiny vacuum line. Oh, those suck. <laughs> well, strangely enough, yeah. So I was riding it to work the other morning, and I was feeling cheerful because I got brand new tires on it and brand new fork seals and did all the heavy lifting shit. And did, haven't even put the back turn signals on yet. The front turn signals, which are a thing of art because they're molded into the bodywork, like that was oh, a yeah. good idea. You know that that should have stayed on all of them. But I'm ripping to work, and I was like 85 miles an hour. The bike is just hammering along, and all of a sudden, I'm like, mother, what the fuck is going on? So I open the gas cap, expecting it to go. Yeah. You know, I'm dry. I'm dry. I, I can't breathe. Um, no, it didn't do that. So I fuck that. And I look around and I look down. I see this little 1989 piece of hose hanging off the side of the motor. And that's the vacuum line for the fuel tap. Oh, geez. I was like, you motherfucker. So I put it back on again and it didn't fuck up after that. But like I use the front brakes on my verses and I use two fingers on the front verses. And the bike like does a full inversion. Mm. I use both hands on the Transalp, <laughs> and it goes, okay. It's, it's if we have to stop, and it's the same brakes I had on the fucking Pacific Coast. So it's an Eeyore. It's it an is Eeyore. an Eeyore. <laughs> it's like I almost ran into the back of a lady the other day because yeah. I was like, yeah, using all the V twin six hundredness of it. But then I tried to stop because she decided she wanted to go into somebody's driveway like the fucking cunt she is. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And I just heard the back tire just go. And like the whole bike was sideways parallel to her back bumper. Throw it sideways that's what I did. I went sideways. Slide into I, home. That's what I was like. I'll slide sideways in and I'll get my thigh between the bike and her car. So it won't, it won't dent her car. Right. Yeah. Speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> sliding sideways. Yeah. I was riding the Ural home on. 480. Yes. Well, well that's risky business 10, to begin with. 10, okay. Yeah. Right. Some guy in a semi is parked on the side of the road and decides he's like, oh, that guy's coming on a bike that can't stop. I, I better pull, pull out in front of him. I'll pull out right in front Let of him. Let me use all 15 gears. Right. Yeah. 
He pulls out in front of me, and he was moving like two miles an hour. Of course he was. And I could not get over because, yeah. I mean, I saw him, and I laid on it, and I shit myself. He's probably 20,000 pounds overweight like anyway. Trying to trying to hard break with a sidecar. No shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, it's like, the whole thing is like, everything, all we were like, <laughs> I know, everything's going All you know is, direction. the bike is trying desperately to turn left, <laughs> and you're trying to turn right and slow it down, but not flip over at the same time. Right, right. Sidecars. Great I idea. stopped, <laughs> I stopped six inches from his oh. underride bar. Oh, really? And he was moving, but And so he was moving like in like yeah. four miles he an hour. He had it set for turn. Then he decides yeah. that he's going to pull back over. And he oh, pulls back shit. over on yeah. the berm. Yeah. And I start rolling and I'm like, already. Oh, I'm he like, thought he was going to be scraping you off his ass. He probably did. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then he waves at me. <laughs> he waves at you. He waves at I wave back I'll, I'll at honest, him I, like yeah. this. I'll, I'll be honest. I've done that same wave after I just dick uh, somebody over. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I was so, that was the most afraid I've ever, I mean, when you get hit, you don't even know you're getting no, hit. You don't so know you don't hit. have it. You have time. Don't but you time had time to write. to write a letter. Right. Yeah. So to the I'm office sorry, of being hit. <laughs> so the guy pulled out a half mile ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> and stressed your Russian brakes to their absolute limit. <laughs> Russian, you're all stopping distance. Three days. <laughs> so no, ships coming into harbor stop faster. Three counties. <laughs> so last week, me and Steve, and Nick, and this other dude, and my friend Mike, who used to be on the podcast yeah, for a while, right, yeah. we went to the Triple Nickel down right in uh, middle Ohio, and we yeah. rode. And But this is, we had a great time. It's it's awesome. Um, Steve, you had a great time, right? It was, it, was, it, was, it was a challenging ride. It was fun. It was great. It was worthwhile doing it. We had a wonderful time. Ask Sleepy how, how big my chicken strips are. Yeah, oh. we had none. We had none. <laughs> Nick still had an inch. Nick had an inch left. On his bandit four hundred. Oh really? I, I dragged a bag on my super tenry yeah. on, on the ground. I was dragging my feet all day. Yeah. But wow. but here's the thing. So all that was great. The ride was great. Yeah. But Cam, who has not been here for many times, right. yeah. his whole group of old dudes, the Cleveland Corvette Club also went down to the five five five. Whoa. And so we, we started average we saw them at the gas station. Yeah. And their average age was like 80. Yeah. Oh, then, shit. here's the best thing. You got all these like brand new 2020 Corvettes, C4s, right. C5s, yeah. all these vets, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Multiple satin jackets. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and the discussion at the, the so first of all, I'm inside getting a water right. and doing something. They moved my bike because I wasn't there. So they decided to push my bike out of the way so he could get gas okay. in his, his Corvette. And I was like, all right, right whatever. A Corvette guy moved your bike? Moved my bike. Wow, that's a lot of work. So then I, we come out and we're sitting there and all they talked about was their fuel mileage on the way down, yeah. where their weight balance was on the car, oh, because you have to know okay. that. You have to know weight. that. And their bleeding piles. <laughs> and their bleeding <laughs> yeah, piles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you couldn't hear them over the sound of their diabetes pumps. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the, the best part... The best part was the jealousy of the guy that had the 2020 yeah. of all the other Corvette dudes. Oh, yeah. They all worshipped Oh, that they guy. were just like fucking yeah. jerking off. on. There was this car stains all over the car. Oh, and the guy with the 2019 that still had 400 payments left? <laughs> oh, he was a sad, sad panda. But oh. I, to their credit. They could ride like motherfuckers. Holy shit. Well, they, they were burning that road. They're not riding. They're driving. They're driving. It sorry. requires this much effort. Yeah, sorry. Right. So, but it's so much easier in a car than yeah, it is. Of course on a it is. Yeah, but right. no matter what, no matter what you're driving, yeah. this road compared to the drag, the dragon's tail or whatever they call yeah. it, you know, the, all this stuff, 
The five five five. <laughs> there are so many blind fucking like you come up on these turns. It's the worst. <laughs> you're just climbing, and, and then, then you the crest, thing. and you either go ninety degrees left, ninety degrees right, maybe down a little maybe bit. Maybe down a hill. Left. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. You don't know. And, and then the state guys are parked on like oh, S curves. Did they just take like, down all the fucking turns? Well, no. So we called ahead and we said Cleveland Motors coming down. So they repaved ninety percent of the road for us. They did. It was yeah, all brand really, new. It was nice. It was beautiful, but. Yeah. They were still working on a couple sections. Yeah. So this one dude, imagine a snow dump or a, a salt dumping giant truck, right? Okay. Yeah. He's just chilling in the apex of a turn where everybody's coming around a blind turn. <laughs> yeah, and you come like down this, this thing. Like an S-turn. Fuck that. <laughs> come around this turn hard. Yeah. And it's like there's only like 50 feet and it goes into another hard left. Yeah. So Holy you're coming right hard right. It's a S like a definite like sharp 90 90. Yeah. yeah. The guy's just there and he's like, Come on, guys. Yeah, he's like, he's right like in the apex <laughs> in the second turn. I'm like, <laughs> But so we went down and Mike came with this, but Mike had a pee. Okay. And so he right. he he fucked off to go pee. Yeah. But he had my map that I made, right? Okay. But yeah. my map, I, I did a, a thing in the GPS. And so we did this, we had, I had it set as a big loop. Okay. Well, yeah. somehow his loop gave him the return part as the going forward part. Get the so fuck out of here. So he went the wrong oh, way. Oh, he went the wrong way, yeah. So he ended yeah. up meeting us in Marietta, Ohio. And here's yeah. the thing. So when you're doing this on MapQuest or whatever, not Map, fuck Map, what am I, in 1984? Right. Uh, Garmin Map something, sure. whatever it is, right? Yeah. It just shows you the roads, but it doesn't say what they are. Yeah. So he was like, hey, you know, it sucked I went this way, but I loved it because 90% of the roads on that side yeah. were three inches of gravel and all just fucking oh, man. Yeah. fucked this. You know, so we yeah. kind of missed that. Yeah. So on the way home, I didn't miss that. no, I no, right you guys all went that way. I followed Mike because yeah. he was like, let's just go back. Yeah. And so we did another 200 miles with probably 60 was gravel. Shit. And another 200 of, you know, these crazy roads going through people's backyards. But Mike were, loves gravel. He loves it. He and he's good at gravel. it. He's good at he's it. He's good too. at it. Yeah, yeah. But he you know loves what? gravel, though. Yeah. After 30 miles, I started to not hate it. Right. It was not that bad. It becomes predictable. Kind of. You I can mean, kind of swim it. I know? will definitely say I'm not good at it, but right. at this time I felt this much more comfortable. Yeah. Like that much more comfortable. Cool. Yeah, it was good. But it was a good, good ride. We had a, it was a fun week. It was a good day. We all split up because his GPS died. Okay. So I knew where we were. I knew how to get back. Right. Like in our way. So, yeah. so uh, uh, Nick, Nick and his friend yeah, they, they wanted fucked to off. just... Wanted to get back. Just so slap it, yeah. They, we got back on 60, and they just jumped on And he was on his Bandit 400? Yeah and, they, yeah, and they just went up 77 back home. Right. Then we were heading up 60, and then they peeled off on some road. I don't know what road it was. It was yeah. nothing. It was it was non-highways. We yeah. were going through all these back roads. So they roads had it in the GPS to go non-highways, not yeah. everything. So they peeled off that way, and I just headed up 60 to 83. Right. yep. I took 83 up, and then that and road was closed. Beautiful, yeah. yeah, it was great. That was yeah. a good ride. Yeah. But then it was closed, 241, but 241 turns directly into 94. Yep. And then that would be a good way to go down there next time with the mini bikes. Yeah. Because we it's decided not that far from Nick, and everybody is like, right, can and we that, get that 94? So that is an actually down. a really good idea. No, the mini bike thing on 555, yeah. the TNT 135, the Monkey, yeah. any other a, a a fucking Vespa. Anything. I think it's hilarious that we have legitimately come to the point where we're thinking about, not thinking about, planning yeah. mini bike rides. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I well, mean, that would be very fun. That road would be yeah. more fun on a oh. Monkey than it would be. I mean, it was fun on the Africa Twin. Right. But that's a lot of work. You're just roll. You're just rocking back and forth, yeah. and those eight, like he said, they're all blind. Like fifty yeah. percent of the, 
of those turns are blind turns right. that are drop off. I mean, like you were talking, you were describing. Everybody look head, over uh, your shoulder right now. Oh, he just walked away. I love it when somebody walks up to the windows. They see oh, the bikes yeah. parked outside and they walk up and they're just full zombie window yeah. lickers. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's no, going on? There's a shop open. I want to come and talk to you about some bikes. So my dad had this red one once in the 30s. Yeah. But but yeah. the so one of the things that was really kind of challenging about this 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 route is that some of the turns literally are banked about 35 degrees. Yeah. And some of them are banked 35 degrees the wrong way. The wrong fucking way. And you crest something. And then you have a 90 degree left turn that's banked 35 degrees the yeah, wrong it's like direction. The road's like this. Yeah. yeah. You well, over like this, yeah. and then you're banked off. Yeah. Off yeah. camera. It's yeah. fucking nuts. It yeah. Was we crazy. always would joke about the very, like, a lot of the tight roads and stuff down south. We're like, yeah, if your buddy and you can high five each other, yeah. as one of you exits the turn as you go into it, that's a really good road. <laughs> yeah. And that's really what well, it is. Well, here's like, the thing it's, it's, it's funny because on all those turns, you kind of like, you're, you're white knuckling and you're yeah. shitting yourself. But when you exit it, you're smiling like a yeah. motherfucker. You're like, yeah. that was fucking. My favorite it. road is the road that's like, you can't take a trailer through there. Yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> like, Challenge accepted. Yeah. You can't take a trailer through yeah. there. Yeah. That's that. I'm sorry, dude. You can't do it. But I'm telling yeah. you, though, like if, if a trucker made like they do, they have this at the tail of the dragon once in a while. These trucks fucking fuck off and they yeah. forget stuff and they get stuck. Yep. Hundred percent. There's no way a truck try to be or any a kind dollar, of a, try to you couldn't take a trailer down the road. Do you think you could? And some of that toll. stuff. Maybe at two miles an hour or something. Maybe I don't know. A, a short one, you probably could, but you couldn't take a. You couldn't take any like. You couldn't take a ten ten foot trailer over that. No. Oh yeah. No. Uh, yeah. But you know, I I think I think you need a pinnel hook. If you did it, you need something with a pinnel hook because yeah. that could, that gives you more of a, a break over. Yeah. yeah. But I think I think there's, there's one here. in the box if you want to reach to your left, John. I think people are starting to realize though that these routes, like the five by five thing and stuff, are money makers. Oh yeah. So absolutely. they're watching the tail of the dragon become yeah. this like Catch. thing and people it's like a yeah. destination and stuff. And yet five 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 is right with it. But it's sixty three miles long. That's what yeah. you need. Yeah. It's it's the cra- I mean, that was always our fear for all the years and years and years and years that we went down to the dragon and we played with every kind of dumb vehicle in the dragon. Mm-hmm. But we would see idiots with you know 78 foot mobile homes yeah trying to and they'd be like oh we're gonna go with the dragon it's gonna be great and you see these things and you're like it's fully articulated not from the factory but it's fully <laughs> articulated now because this guy's literally stuffed the you know the the anal coachman into the wall and then when the mirror brushed against the wall he then cut it hard left and so he's driving and the front half of the coach is going southbound the back half of the couch coach is still going northbound and he's managed to take over dead space. That's a 300 foot drop. And you're like, okay. And now he's stuck. Mm-hmm. Back it out. And as people who, you know, we'd spend a lot of time there and we'd go up there for two or three days and we would always do like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So as mm-hmm. we wouldn't have to deal with the fucking amateurs. Right. On, yeah, but ages ago, they didn't have it barred from the trucks and the trucks would sneak through occasionally to save a toll. And the RV assholes would be like, we're going to go up to the lake. It's going to be great. They still do. They're and I got the family anal truckster with, you know, <laughs> this Honda CRV being towed behind it with a Kendon behind that and a boat behind that. <laughs> right. And they're trying to get through the goddamn dragon. You're like, you fucking idiots, yeah. man. And, you know, then Where here comes, you know, New Jersey Squidly coming through here on his Katana 600, yeah. you know, with his half DOT helmet and flip flops. Oh, but you know yeah. what? So this is this is what happened to us. So the kid that was with us with Nick, I can't remember his name. I'm horrible with names. He he can ride. He's a pretty good rider. Yeah. Africa twin, whatever. Sure. So we come up on a guy 
And this dude's on what? I like got mid 2000s Goldwing, that white cream one, whatever. His wife's on the back, no helmets, no anything, tank tops, sandal shorts, whatever. So this dude's okay. like, I'm going to pass these fuckers in rage. Well, usually a dude on a Goldwing yeah. with his wife and nothing on a road like that, he smoked him. This this Goldwing just pulled the motherfucker. Like, I was laughing so hard. As well, soon as he came up on ride. him, that Goldwing was just on it. That motherfucker was dragging everything on that bike. Sparks yeah. were shooting at him. Plastic was melting. He didn't give a fuck. And he was out of there. And when we finally got the next light, he's like, damn, that guy could ride. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, right. I don't mean, fuck with the 65-year-old white dude on a fucking Goldwing with his wife on the back. But what about the worst <laughs> Tesla driver in oh, all Oh, that fucking history. guy. I So we were kind of hammering at one point, right? Yeah, in the okay, middle of yeah. It. Come up on a Tesla, and I'm like, okay, this guy's a Tesla. He's having a ball, right? Right. Motherfucker <laughs> broke everywhere you're not supposed to break, what? and then fucking hit the gas everywhere you're not supposed to he hit the gas. He would stop in the apex of turns. What yeah. the Stop fuck? dead. Stop dead in apex of turns. I almost became part of the Tesla at he one point. He was driving. He, he couldn't have exceeded 25 miles an hour. No, never. Really? No, no. And then he started, like, he started getting, like, we, you passed him. Yep. I think you and the, Oh, I got pissed when he yeah. almost killed me. I was like, fuck so you, then, dude, I'm out. And Nick and I ended up passing him. He tried to speed up to follow you, but then he got scared and he, like, mm-hmm. stopped. Like, yep. dead stopped. And so then we passed him. And then he tried to follow us, and then he just, like, lost his shit. And he was just, like, paralyzed on the road. Like, he couldn't. Yeah, it was weird. He was afraid to go around a turn. Like, he would speed up. And then as soon as he hit a turn, he would slow down so much. It was like he couldn't do five miles an hour through a turn. And when I passed him, he looked, I looked because I looked, you know, down at him. He had the look of terror. Like he didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like his whole life. He was literally terrified. Yeah, it was fucking crazy, man. And then pissed off the the crackhead in the Fox body Mustang. (laughs) It sounds like you may have, in fact, ran into a little bit of local color on this trip. Oh, dude. Yeah. We got so after the five five five. I mean, it's not truly Southern Ohio. It's no, Central no, but check this out. But check you can this out. see it from there. L- let me paint this picture yeah. real quick. Oh, this is so, this is a great video. So we went, we did five five five. We're done, and now we're gonna come back up. We're gonna head to Marietta to get some lunch, yeah. right? Yeah. So my, I because of my GPS, I programmed these roads, and this road was like this weird back road. It was like three quarters of a normal road size going right. through all this back kind of still curvy, still fun. And we're, and we're having a blast. We're all doing like 35 through these turns that you're Enjoying supposed to do 15, you know, yeah. whatever. And this 19, what, 89, 90 fucking Mustang. Yeah. Yellow with a different Yellow, color hood. Different color hood. And then it had what's flex so sealed. The whole car was flex sealed. Oh, Jesus. The top of it yeah. to keep it from like things. To keep it from leaking. Muffler was hanging out. Okay. The dude was on his like seventh day of meth. Right in the thing, <laughs> and yeah, we had it. It was it was this whole thing with this fucking guy for like five. But then miles. he stopped. Yeah, for us, and he like waved at us, like really hey guys going by, have a good day. But he Get fucked with me the here. whole time until I passed him. He would just fuck with me. He would like as we approached something, he would just hit the brakes and make me like almost stop. It Shit. was this whole. It was fucking yeah. Damn. He must have got another. He must have hit a pipe. Well, like like when I passed yeah. him, he hit a pipe, and then he like was, he. Yeah, he was happy at that point. Because he was smiling when we passed him. So, but overall, it was a great fucking day. What a good day! That was a great day. There's a dude. I don't know if you can find him, but this was many, 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 many years ago. The guy's name was Steve Kirkendall, and Steve Kirkendall used to like test tires for Metzler or something. But he, Steve Kirkendall, rode a big Goldwing, and he looked like Santa Claus. He's a really super fun guy, and uh, his bike was called Mi, Mi Vida Loca, you know, like crazy life, and uh, he's a uh, 
really sweet dude. And a lot of times when I would go up there and be riding um, on Moonshiners, Cherahola, or the Dragon, uh, Steve Kirkendall would be there with his big white gold wing. And he, the guy was just a fantastic rider. And you, could, you couldn't go wrong. He's a super nice guy. And he'd give you a lot of insights, too, about the road. And if you followed him, he was fucking fast. I mean, scary fast on the Dragon. So he was a good guy to follow. If you'd follow him, you knew you were going to get every good line. And you'd have a great run. And just a super clean rider. So, yeah, Steve Kirkendall was his name. And uh, I don't know if he's still around and what, but my hat's off to him because many times I'd gone up there and ridden and the dude was straight up legit great well, dude. You know yeah. what's interesting? So I think the Dragon is better in one way than 555 is you, you never realize what the angle of the road does to how you ride. Yeah. It's really hard to hit a really good line into a turn and feel confident when the road fucks with you. Oh, yeah. When the yeah. road's like, you know what? I'm going to fucking angle myself the opposite way where you're supposed right. to be going. All of a sudden, you're not where you thought you were, and you're kind of coming in hot toward the end of it. And it gets interesting. Like, That's it true. Gets, yeah, it is true. Yeah. And the one thing that I do give the Dragon for is there's enough pavement markings that have been added over the years, and everything's marked very, very well. Um, I do enjoy the Dragon, but I do enjoy the Dragon on small bikes. So I found that using small bikes, Vespas, the Simba, the year we did the uh, Babe Rally, we had the Simbas up there and a buddy scooter up there. We were trading bikes back and forth. And not joking, like these turns, which are fully committed turns, and there's a lot of them. There's not 318 or whatever. I think it's about 280 or so. But they really do get you to use one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. You get to use your gearbox quite a bit. And it's a lot of fun. And, you know, people do go over the side and it is terrible and there's a tree of shame, et cetera. But there's just it's a it's a beautifully maintained road. And it's there's several points where you can stop. There's five or six points along that road where you can stop and sit and have a cigarette or have a beer and look out at nature and look at it over the giant reservoirs and stuff and really enjoy what you're riding through. To me, that's why I love the the dragon itself. But what I don't like is how it's become overpopulated. And this, that, right. this is this going into one of my favorite series of turns because it's like dark and like a tunnel in there. And everything to your left is like just heaven, like the whole view off to the left hand side. And you kind of know where this road's going. It's not totally out to fuck you in the ass because you can see the trees ahead of you and you can kind of know what the next turn's going to be all about. And they, there are some pavement markings people have put down just to kind of let you know. But I do like this transitions on this on this road. Well, and I found that the roads on the West Coast, when you get around Alice's and all that stuff, and um, they're they're very, very similar. Mm. And but it's just like the Redwood Forest has a different feel to it. Well, yeah. these. So I, I did some research because I got home and I was like, the people that made this road were on crack and they did it purposely or right. there's got to be a story behind it. Right. And so most of the roads that are like this yeah. are cart paths from back in the 1800s. Really? Where like they were they just, just run a ridgeback. Yeah. They just whatever the easiest way to get through the mountain. That's how they yeah. did it. And they didn't really cut it or anything. Yeah. And then as cars came into play, they maybe didn't have the finances to cut through the mountain. So they just followed the cart path. There you go. And that's why it seems insane. That's why like there's these, you know, 90 degree turns and Absolutely. weird shit and all this other stuff going on. And I really, I mean, 
that is a lot of it is that running the ridge, the mm -hmm. idea of running the ridge as opposed to going the straight line. Right. You go the straight line, you're going to be up and down, up and down, up and down a lot. But you run the ridge. It's a lot more exciting. Right. Yeah. That's cool. I dig that. So, yeah, that's a that's a big fun thing. But there's things going on right now. So this is becoming a thing. So people are realizing that motorcycles and tourism are good for their area. Yes. So there's another one. And I, man, it was just on Adventure Rider today. But so there's the tail of the dragon. Mm -hmm. Now there's a guy that started two years ago. It was a coal mining town. Everybody left. Yeah. And it was kind of going down. So he started the back of the dragon. Oh, OK. And it's yeah. 400 more turns. And 40 miles longer. Yeah. And it's somewhere close by there. I, I, I can't think of where it is exactly, but it's called the back of the dragon. Right. The ass but, of the dragon. The now, ass of the antelope. No, but the yeah. thing is, is that he went to the town and he went to the people there and he said, listen, like we're we're going broke because coal left. Absolutely. We can make this into a motorcycle town. So they literally got grants from the government. They have like, I think it's like $60 million to build a welcome center now. Right. And they're doing all this stuff. And they're basically going to try to be the, the back of the dragon, the tail Turned of the into dragon. a destination. Yeah, that's fun. So, and I it am. is cool. And the thing is, is like. Destination. Their, their roads there, they say, you know, 55 <laughs> people have died at the tail, so. the, oh. or the tail of the dragon since 1995. Right. There's 55 deaths. They've had zero at this one. So exactly. like, yeah, so they're really trying to push that. Same with 555. I think there's there's other people that are working to get that because now they offer patches. And that was the other thing. The Corvette guys were all like, well, we have to stop and get a patch, obviously, because we have to tell everybody that we've been on this road. Of before. course you do. Yeah. Absolutely. Goes right on their satin jacket. Yeah. Patch tourism. Cam so texted me and said, can you get iron one? those on, though, because no. the jacket would burst right. into flames. Right. So you don't have to stay in your lane on the dragon, apparently. Yes, so. you do. And this is the problem. No, is if, you, if you watch a lot of the videos, the left of center thing, um, is a big, big problem. Years ago, when we were doing this at the Babe Rally, we were doing the Dragon, and we uh, disembarked the scooters, the bikes, out of the tr truck. We'd done the Babe Rally in a van, and we thought for fun, instead of doing the, you know, we did the Dragon one time in the van just to get to, you know, to the North Carolina side, and then we pulled the bikes out, and then we started doing runs on the bikes. And you watch these examples of like crossing the yellow line, and so I was in my lane. I was doing my job right. I was riding my bike and I was on my line. And coming down the quote, coming down from North Carolina to Tennessee comes Ooh. a no shit um, night rider Trans Am. With the little. It was called the Shite Rider. <laughs> and it was one of the Babe Rally cars. But they'd never driven on a road like this. And it was huh? the British guys. And they were like three feet left to center. Oh, yeah. Not and good. that was one feet beyond where I was. And so there was a, a light contact with their mirror and my elbow and <laughs> Killboy got the shot. And the, oh, yeah. the shot is literally me like flipping off the guy Kidding. <laughs> as, as his mirror is like, you can, all you can see is my bike leaned all the way over and my finger up <laughs> at this. And, and the shite rider is making the, the blowing the turn. Dude, Killboy gets, that that is the most amusing thread on. Adventure I just think Rider. it's the funniest thing in the world. This man has made a business for the past twenty some years, yeah. literally being stationary on one twenty nine. Yeah, with the good camera lens, with a good and camera, camera and literally just takes the pictures and is like, dude, you want to? Do you want to look cool? I'm gonna make you look cool. But yeah. if you look, so on Adventure Rider, there's the Killboy thread. Yeah, and they don't post the good pictures. No, most time. no, it's the 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 Harley guy that's like, I can do this. Fuck you. And then five minutes later, his bike's sliding off something and his wife's like face is grinding into the I've ground. been on there three or four times because it's always Vespa. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The second you're on a Vespa on the Dragon, you're going to make the... Okay, look at this guy. 
Left of center, and there's the gold wings. Yeah. yeah. Good job, dude. You're left of center, and there's all the gold wings coming at you. The gold wings weren't left of center. That's got tidy high side. When we got when we That's rode, and I was we were riding. I was on the KLR the yeah. weekend. I pulled a really bad move. It was kind of like intentional. I kind of I knew it was going to happen. I knew I like so there was like a box truck in front of yeah. me, and these guys had all got in front of me. Well, the box truck was nice enough to kind of like he he moved over pretty good. Yeah. And there was a car coming the other way, but I'm like, fuck, I, I'm just going to take it. I remember. So I literally, I was on the yellow line, box truck here, car truck. I mean, like, yeah, it was one of those. It and was, I was three right vehicles and two vehicles Dude, worth of space. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know this, but I saw you in the mirror because yeah. I, I was the first one. I, I zoomed past the car and I'm, like, and I'm watching eh, you guys. I probably, I'm and he came and everybody else came. And I look back. I'm like, fuck, John, what are you doing? John's ah, trying for He's it. safe. He's safe. We're yeah. good. He's yeah. not dead. Man. <laughs> I knew I had it. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can ride. You know, I know yeah. if you stay right in the middle of the fucking, you're not going to get hit. No, you're fine. Nine times out of yeah. ten. You're fine. <laughs> Nine, Nine times out of ten. That tenth is a motherfucker. Yeah. It's all in the margins, John. It's all in the margins. But I was, yeah. yes, it was mirror. <laughs> mirror, mirror, and then KLR with handguards. And you're like, I like these handguards now. In a 400-gallon tank. In yeah. a, it's not so much the impact. It's the giant fireball, fireball. from yeah. 200 gallons of gasoline. Oh, oh, well, boy, those guys two. went in tandem. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. The one Holy person, then they tried to pull over, but there was no place to There's put your no foot. There's no place to pull over for fuck's sake. You go to put your foot yeah. down and it's just, ah. oh, yeah, so, yeah. Come on, dude. And that's the worst thing because, you know, Billy there lost his shit. But then Bobby's like, I'm going to help stop to help Bobby. Well, that on the 555, oh, five, oh, we lucked man. out. It's like because we didn't suck. Yeah. But like. With the new pavement, yeah. if you fuck up, it's a half a foot of like nothing. No, like there's no because like the new pavements, like this the new the new pavements <laughs> six inches higher than the old pavement. Yeah. So if you lose an edge, you're done. Well, it's you're a drop done. you yeah. can never yeah. recover yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're so done. So forget about a little soft gravel edge. But you're fucker. Also, so there yeah. was one part. So they probably about sixty five percent of five 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 is repaved. Yeah. And we actually came up on the 66% of where they're actually doing it. Where they're making it happen. And so it was a traffic jam for us. And so we got to go by. The guys are all sweaty and working. We're like, you guys did great. That was awesome. That was awesome. And they were giving us (laughs) thumbs up and everything. We love your work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But the thing is, is that the people coming the other way. Yeah. There, like, there was no. They had already eaten the road. Oh. So, like, at one point, for about a half a mile yeah. on the left-hand lane, which we weren't on. Yeah. Like, it dropped from like if you were doing like fifty miles an hour on the straightaway. Yeah. It dropped six inches down to rough shit, and then into these turns. Fuck. And I'm like, somebody's getting fucked. Like, yeah. somebody's oh, yeah. mauling themselves on this yeah. fucking. Thing. That is a Garen goddamn. Team. Yeah. 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 And that's. I mean, that that was funny with that, like the whole concept of like, look, if you're the first person to a crash. Be careful. Yeah. Because motherfuckers will follow you in. Dudes will have 18, 26 feet of good road and yep. they will follow you into a bad situation just because they're target fixated. Right. And you're like, wow, I've never. Oh, look at that. Hey, there's a Corvette club member. There's what I'm talking about. That's Road Rash, baby. Oh, oh yeah. that's Road Rash. Oh, you are not going to have sex tonight, my friend. Uh-uh. Look at it. Behavior that skin like that. Just sliding right And by off. the way, the lean angle on the bike, that shit was savable. Oh, yeah. yeah. That shit was totally savable. Yeah. Oh, oh, at least the intercoms, they could talk on the way down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, neat. I hate you, Dave. There's a bandana, a wallet. Yeah, that, wallet. that bandana and the wallet. Yeah, that's That was it. a dot approved bandana, yard, though, yard so it's all right. On that one. Yeah, it is tough. And, you know, we, we've gone down a few times, and we've gone down with motorbikes. We've gone down with scooters. It is something that we, 
I don't think I would want to ride in a group the first time I rode that. Mm. Well, no, but on I top think of I that, would just want to be by myself and just yeah. kind of let my. I don't but, want to try to keep up no. with anybody or you know. If you're going to a, a destination to ride, right. and this destination has like 170 degree turns yes. involved in it, right? Wear gear. It's not um, like a brainless thing to do. Yeah. I don't care if you're like a casual Sunday. I'm gonna drive down the highway with nothing on. When you're going to a place where you're adding inherent danger to your normal exactly. riding, right? Wear gear. And yet, we were all, all the same. Wear a jacket. Oh, hundred percent. Everything. Well, he 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 overheated though, and his skin was falling off. Oh so then, God. on the way, way home, back, I took my I took it off. I'm sorry, but <laughs> he was like, I took, we you were wearing we pants, weren't you? He was. I fucked with you. He was. He you're, took you're his pants off, and that two layers of skin came with his pants. It was the weirdest thing. There was like it was like dust. He's like I'm Lebanese. I can't wear pants. I'm used to wearing a caftan. Yeah. yeah. You know, really, that's what I needed. He <laughs> was riding his riding smock. It was fucking hot, though. That was, I'll tell you that. Oh, oh, when was, we went down to the Dragon with the one year, our one friend, Sarah, she she rocks the Vespa like nobody's business. Like, she's a real good Vespa rider. And she always wears skirts. Like, she's just, she's a woman who always wears skirts. Nice, long, big skirts and heavy duty skirts, but skirts nonetheless. When we got to the dragon, it was the only time ever we've seen her put on trousers. <laughs> and so it was like she took it seriously. Yeah. As you fucking well should, you, you should. know. And yeah. we had a couple of people, you know, get a little sideways, but for the most part, we all kept her upright and had fun. Yep. But I do like going to places like that because that place is well supported. There's a lot of hotels and motels, and like we did the hostel the one year. Mm -hmm. The hostels are fun because you can put eight people in a bunkhouse. And you got a big, beautiful barbecue pit out there. So you could just buy an animal well, what, and cook I mean, it. That's what yeah. we kind of talked about, too. It's like we drove two and a half hours. We just we slabbed it. We just hit yeah. the highway and slabbed right. it down to, to Zanesville. Yeah. But by the time you do that, you're already kind of tired from riding yes. the fucking thing. Right. Then you do it. It would be nice to go for like a day, get down there, yeah. rest, and then ride it back and forth a yes. few times and do I, some shit for a day or that two. That was our move last time. Was yeah. We went down uh, to an event. And we stayed, we drove down, we hardballed down there. Cause for us, the dragons, you know, nine, 10 hours. Right. And we got down there and it was, you know, me and uh, Shane and Dustin, it was a beautiful trip. Mm -hmm. And we had a mix of bikes, you know, we were all on 400 cc's, like that and kind of thing. And a mix of cocktails. And that was the thing. And we got down the first night we, there was no pressure to ride. Mm -hmm. We had the, the bonfire, some fireworks, some, you know, some whiskey, and we just had a good time. And it was just casual bullshitting. We woke up in the morning and had a breakfast that couldn't be beat. And then it was like, okay, well, you know, seems like a good time to maybe get on a motorcycle. I think we're okay with that. And then we got on the motorcycles. We rode bikes until we ran out of gas, got lunch, got food, and went back out, rode for another three or four hours, went in. And we're like, okay, let's have, you know, let's have a beer. And we like had a beer and then we're like, I think I'd like to get another couple of runs in. And we yeah. went out and did a couple more runs and, you know, a couple more runs, a couple more cigarettes, a couple more pictures, brought it back in. The sun's starting to creep down. Couldn't get a better day. Yeah. Like, and couldn't I mean, get a better day. But it's also who you go with. You yeah, know? like it is. You don't need like that's not a place where you want pressure. You no. Just want to relax no, and yeah. enjoy yeah. the ride. And, and and the other thing is and when you go to places like this, um, for me, obviously, everybody that we rode with, nobody was yeah. doing this. But it's real easy to outride yourself. 
and course. try to show off to people. Absolutely. And that's not the place you want to do it in places. Oh my god, there's like I think I think that was an Aprilia Futura in the back shot. Oh, nice. So the two supermotors yeah. have made it, but I think the Aprilia Futura was just too good for the situation. I had to bow out. Yeah. But anyway, well, sorry. Really late. Late. I like being in the, taking like, a nap in the corner. Yeah. I, I think you have the like you were saying yeah. in uh, I think the last podcast or the one before yeah. that being in riding second. Yeah. It's probably the best position it's to be in. It's the best in. place to be in. And yeah. so when we were going down there, I was just following Sleepy. Yep. And it was like, I could, I mean, I have like more attentive. Like my, Absolutely. I, I'm more attentive when I'm in that second position. Yeah. Because yeah. I could just follow through. And yeah, because I'm looking at the you. GPS. I'm looking down. Yeah. I'm looking at the GPS. I'm trying to, yeah. I'm making sure I'm putting my turn signal on so everybody knows that we're getting off of this <laughs> thing. And yeah. So then I dropped back to the back for 555 because I just, I don't know. I just wanted to drop back. Right. And Enjoy so Nick and I stayed in the back because his friend like rides a lot hotter than me and you were riding hotter than me. So I just figured I'd stay in the, stay in the back with All Nick right. and I enjoyed it, but I got more lackadaisical being in the, like being sweep. Yep. I was kind of like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> well, that's, and, and the thing about those roads too, like the first five miles I was captain cautious, right? Oh yeah. Then the second five miles I was like getting a little loose Yep. and then like, 20 miles into it, I'm dragging bags. Yep. I'm missing parts of my bike yeah. now, you know? It's, it's like, uh, like it's the game. Yeah, yeah, but it got progressively, yeah. it got progressively, like, it, there's a warm-up on that road. Yeah, there really yep. is. Because yeah. it's not really very twisty at nope. the beginning, then it gets a little more twisty, and then it gets really twisty. Well, that's the thing. It, when we first started, I'm like, wow, this is fun. Okay, yep. I, I understand why people love this road. Oh, And yeah. then about, you know, 10 miles into it, all of a sudden, we hit one of those blind things where you come to the crest, and it's literally 180 degrees to the left. Oh, yeah. Like, you're like, fuck, push, yeah. and just push down. And push, and, and push, yeah. and keep pushing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. yeah. It's um, it's a fun thing when you just can go out and just have a day. Yeah, just have man. A go, yep. Just go out and have a day to goddamn ride. Dude, I know? left my house at 6.45 a.m., yeah. maybe 7 a.m., and I got home at 9.30. So I'm like, and, and I, that was, I got home at 7.30. Yeah, so. Really? Like, 14 hours? And and we, we, we stopped, shit. and we only stopped, like, for, like, 20 minutes getting gas. Yeah. And then for about 45, maybe an hour eating. So out of okay. that whole time, right. that was it. And Be- the food was very good. I so like yeah, more downtime than that. I will admit it. Yeah. I like more downtime. But you know what? It didn't seem, like, here's the thing. It did you? It didn't feel that long to me until, like, I got home, and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm tired. Uh, yeah, when you're fucking paralyzed. And starting to ride back, yeah, it was a little bit, you know, like you get the yeah. carb carb downers or whatever after a yeah. little bit. Yeah. yeah. But then as soon as you get over that, then it was fun again because uh-huh. it was the perfect temperature. And yep. although me and Mike did hit on the way back, we were, you know, we rode another two hours through twisties and a whole. I did not expect to be that much twisties on the way back, but it right. was. I mean, I was tired and it was. It was just getting, beat up. Just beat up. But we got behind this 1994 Goldwing that was doing ten. And it was like a no passing oh, thing. And this motherfucker dragged us for like 15 miles to a gas station. And then he fucking got off with us at the gas station. And so we're just sitting there. Me and Mike are just sneering at this guy. Like, like you fucking dick. You ruined half of our life for like the last hour. He wouldn't hour. just move over. Like he wouldn't do shit. He was like in the middle of the lane, just hogging the whole thing up, doing 19 miles an hour, man. It was fucking, uh, it was to the point where like, I was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm holding my, my throttle wide open with my yeah. clutch and just behind the guy like, like, come on, motherfucker. And he wouldn't move. No, yeah, well, that, that's why you can pass them. Well, yeah. there, you couldn't, though, in this yeah. road. It really, you really couldn't. It was just, it was so. Oh, you just didn't have the option. No, yeah. no, there was no, there was no option. Yeah, it's, I have not done a 
that's what I'm ready for this year. I'm ready for this year. I'm ready for just a, a good day to just go fuck off and ride around it. Yeah. You fun. need to do yeah. it, man. You got to come out for a ride. Yeah, I haven't been able to do it. I'm glad I didn't do that because 14 hours, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. That's that. That yeah. does not. Hey, you know that what sounds that sounds like? Four times. That sounds like four really day, good days of riding. Well, it yeah. did. You know what? Here's the thing, though. I couldn't do it last year. And yeah. now that I have a hip that isn't broken. Right. It's fucking. I'm like, it's, it's great. Like, it's like finding out about your wiener for the first time. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm like, going to beat this thing till it, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work yeah. anymore. Until right? It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's. I, so I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the the thrust of that. We should definitely make a a, a trailer trip down yeah. with small bikes. I think it yeah. would be so because there's something about on a big bike doing these turns and you're at like a tenth of your power. Right. But if you're at like wide open throttle yeah. rolling through that shit on a small bike, oh, it'd be that's so why fun. I always just like my CB400F Super Sport. Yeah. Because the CB400F is my favorite West Coast bike because all the roads in the West Coast are all really pretty good roads, <laughs> and the CB400 was just really good for that <laughs> and you could <laughs> that was an awesome one dude that's straight up ditch yeah. monster got his ass so yeah. for people who aren't watching yeah. it was a, a oh, guy yeah. in a re- really deep a ravine deep culvert next to culvert, the yeah, next yeah. to the road yeah the, the uh but i've always liked the cb400f like yeah. the one that i had set up for myself i had the mgo viper fairing on it was that I, the blue one? That you no, it's a red one. Red one. Okay. And so the blue one I had was an actual British bike. So that was okay. a British CB400F that was imported to America. Mm. It had a Yoshimura, Pops Yoshimura cam kit. And like, it was all, the motor was totally beautiful on red. that thing. The red one was more of a track day bike. Okay. And so it had everything you needed. It had the oil pressure gauge. It had the heat gauge. It had all the data. Yeah. It had the battery gauge. And it had that MGO Viper. And then I had a set of interceptor uh, handlebars that were flipped upside down. Okay. So I could actually stay in a tuck on it. But the rest of the bike was pretty legit. And a Mac 4 into 1 exhaust. Who gives a shit about that? But that was a bike that I could ride. And I knew that at 100 miles an hour, it was totally safe. I had good Metzlers on it. And then, but I also knew that I could get it through the corners pretty handily mm-hmm. for being, you know, a 70s bike. And I really loved that bike. I mean, I sold it because you have to sell everything eventually. Right. But it was a really fun bike to take to places because people would be like, Dude, that's a super sport. Yeah, I know it's a super sport. Well, what are you doing with it? We're going to go ride today. Wait, wait, wait. We're all on modern motorcycles. Yeah. I know, and it'll be fine. Trust me, it's okay. Well, never take a bet yeah. when you see, when you go to the Dragon or any yeah. of these places, and yeah. you see the guy on the 1968 Vincent. Yeah, right. right. And he's in full leathers yeah. from 1946. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fuck with that guy. Our he, friend Larry gonna... Newberry um, had a friend, young friend that lived up there, and he was just, Every time I'd see him, he'd be on a different Yamaha two-stroke. <laughs> and he'd be on like on a, a Yamaha, like, I didn't even know this bike existed. It was like a Yamaha dirt bike, but he had 17s on it. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you, what is this? Oh, it's a 125. What is it? It's a 125 YFBT DLC, whatever the fuck yeah. it is. Liquid-cooled 125 <laughs> dirt bike with 17s on both yeah. ends. Super. And like a 1971 gas tank. <laughs> and you Yamaha see the kid. still makes the YZ125 and 250 in two-stroke liquid cooled. Exactly. Today. And yeah. I'd see this dude in full race leathers. Mm-hmm. And he'd come screaming into the tail of the dragon. And I'm like, what the fuck? And they realize he has the perfect bike. Yep. Because at full chat, it goes about 70 miles an hour, mm-hmm. which is exactly as fast as you'll ever need to go right. for most good roads. Well, that's what super motards down there. That's yeah. that's the jam. It's, the, it's their jam. It's yeah. the perfect place for a good super motard. Yep. Yeah. 
it's yeah. it is a fun it is a very strange thing it's like the right bike and the right application is always a lot of but, fun but living in ohio it's so interesting that like where we live is so flat and boring yeah and then two hours south is so amazing it's amazing yes, it's like absolutely. the world's greatest motorcycle roads and us and it is like zanesville <laughs> is the valve yeah. So it's like you get to Zanesville, <laughs> yep. and once you get to Zanesville, everything south of Zanesville is fucking fantastic. Yeah. And it really is. Like yeah. the roads outside of Bandcamp are just like, shit, we're in Ohio? Yeah, yeah you're in Ohio, yeah. dude. Yeah. But getting Enjoy there it. sucks. Yeah. Getting just, there just does. Just slag yeah. of like, yeah. yeah. We go to the Motoguchi rally and it'd be the same thing. It'd be like, okay, we're going to drive for an hour and a half of bullshit. Yep. And then it will get good. And yep. then we'll be down in the hills and it'll be beautiful. And it's true. It's. And, but it's when, if you do it enough, like when we yeah. were riding back, Mike's like, in 10 minutes, it's going to get boring. Right. And sure enough, 10 minutes later, we're like, yeah. And there's the point where 42 becomes shit uh. and where 83 becomes shit and everything becomes shit. And it's just a straight line. Yep. And it just becomes retail Mecca after retail Mecca. Yeah. And you're like, fuck me, man. I wanted more of that. Yep. And yeah. And that's true with that's true with any good trip. There's a point where the trip no longer is fun. Yep. And the trip is just covering distance until you get your ass home. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's all you can do. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anybody else got anything else? I have one thing. Fire away. So, so uh, last Sunday was down at Brick and Barrel. Yeah. Having a beer with my wife. And this, I see this boat is Harley. Mm -hmm. And I think I sent pictures You did. And I thought, so I, you know, I thought that was actually pretty cool. The guy had motocross bars on a, on a Harley. Yeah. And that's a style thing. Right? That, I didn't know. I've never seen it before. So maybe, I mean, maybe it's been, I mean, I'm sure it's been done before. But, oh, no, no. It's, but anyway, it's I go to the yeah. bar yep. and so I'm ordering a beer and yep. I'm like, I, my wife's there. And I say, uh, I have to go out there and get a picture of that bike. And the guy <laughs> and his girlfriend are sitting at the bar and he's like, you're not taking a picture of my bike. And you went, yeah, I am. No, I said, well, I, I guess then I'll just have to mock you out on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or on the motorcycle, whatever. So, so then I started talking to him, and the right. guy's name, the guy actually ended up being really cool. Right. He just didn't want a picture with his helmet on the bars or something. Right. So I ended up. Uh, he made to sure him a you wanted bit. to make sure you contacted his media analyst first. Yeah. So but, Phil, but it's a one. No, but it's a one off. It's a one off bike. I mean, like not a one off, but I mean, he doesn't yeah. build bikes. No. But it was actually really tastefully done. It was. It a looked dyno. really good. Right. Yeah. And he had a, like a two brothers exhaust on it. And like, I mean, when he took off, it sounded really good. Nice. So I want to just sleepy. say you did a good build on that bike, Josh. So Josh, well done. All right. Before we hang this up, you haven't seen this. So, Phil, I want you to yeah. read the caption as a, as a motorcycle shop owner. Right, right. And then read the caption and then look at the picture and tell us what you see in this picture. So this is Josh, by the way. So I wanted to throw this picture up. Uh, Josh... We're going to throw this because this is what Steve's talking about. There you go. So you got like the 12 inch bar risers. And then at the top of the 12 inch risers, you got some pro tapers. So you got some pro tapers up there, MX bars on top of this ridiculous 12 inch perch. And uh, that's what you're talking about. And that's like that's the style. And that's, uh, you know, obviously this one's taken in uh, Australia because the kangaroo in the picture. Uh, that's not we don't have any warning of kangaroos crossing signs in Ohio. But yeah, so they're it's they're crossing it, dirt bikes with Harleys. It's a thing. And a lot of people, a lot of guys like it. And, you know, it's not weird to see, you know, 
uh, ape hangers. This is no different. Your hands are in the exact same position as they would be on a set of apes. It's just instead of controlling the motorcycle through some long-ass handlebars, you're controlling it through some long-ass risers. So as long as there's some structural integrity to the risers in question, yeah, it's, it's, it's what it is. It's cool. Right. So as a shop owner, yeah. you've done social media and you've promoted stuff. Well, I have, yeah. Yep. So some, I want you to read others. this. I want you to read the, yep. the thing and okay. then look at the picture and tell Candy. me what you see. Okay. Help us welcome and congratulate Brian on his 2020 883. This picture might not show it, but his family is really excited. Thank you for choosing Toledo Harley-Davidson for your hashtag freedom machine, hashtag stimulate your heart with HD, hashtag freedom for all, hashtag let's ride, hashtag Harley-Davidson. And this is uh, this is a gentleman. Zoom into the picture. And a gentleman riding an 883 that is only lightly photoshopped. Uh, <laughs> I'm zooming in. His wife is pissed. His wife is hangry. His wife is pissed. Straight up angry as fuck. Would you use that as your promotional picture? No. <laughs> His wife. And first of all, I think they're cousins. Legit. Straight up. Look at that picture. I saw. Um, I'm <laughs> fairly certain. This isn't even fucking. Funny. I'm fairly certain. Really? This asshole really? Is a fucking really? We have 96 payments left on our Buick. <laughs> and this piece of shit just bought an 883. Yeah, an 883. The guy I fuck, the guy so I fuck mad. on the side, tells me this is a chick's butt. Yeah, right. Yeah, this like that woman is so angry at him. In fact, that picture might be our show notes. It might yeah. should be. I'll forward it to you. That guy looks kind of like a gentle Ben's cousin. He does. he does look like gentle Ben's cousin. Absolutely. Yep. Exactly. Um, it's more of a it's more of a gene puddle in their family. I think maybe their family tree might be not so much a pool. More of a totem pole? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there you have it. I'm thinking their family tree might be more of a palm than a pine. Yeah, for reals. All right, dude, that's it. That's all I got. Ride fast and take chances. Press the red button. There's a red button everywhere.